Welcome back to the Ack Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ground Control, Jay. Joined as always is my co-host, Major Tom, Z. How are you doing today, Z? Oh, I'm doing just dandy. That's good to hear. And, you know, and we're floating in the most peculiar way. The stars do look a little different today, I gotta say. Yes, they do. It's good, Jack. See, I knew I knew it stuck with you. What did? Westworld. Is that a cheeky Westworld reference, Jack? No, it's just a reference. Isn't that the only thing that, that song David Bowie like? song has ever appeared in? Uh, I, I can't imagine it is. What? And if Westworld makes any more impact on my life, I think I'll have to... You don't remember the part I'm talking about, right? In Westworld? No. Yeah, it's in, come on. It's in season three. It's when um, Aaron Paul took that drug that makes you see movies. Oh, right. Okay. And they're doing all the movies, and then it ends. that episode ends with Dolores leaking everyone's future, and it's just going crazy. Uh, and then they start all the all the buildings start blowing up and everyone's going anarchy. Well, no, not quite. It's end. not like the end of Fight Club. <laughs> People are like going crazy in the streets and like right, lamenting okay. and stuff, but they're not. It's not full on that yet. I don't think. Okay, I do. But remember so that. It, like it's this. You know, I don't know because he's he's doing this drug that's making him see a what I don't even know what movie that's meant to be, but some kind of genre of film. But it's juxtaposed with chaos of everyone learning that their lives are a lie. Yeah, they're they're they've been plotted out by a robot. You know, the, the big whatever you call it. Crescendo? In that song. I get, yeah, I guess the crescendo. And stuff. It's a good song. It is a good song. What the fuck's it called? Space Oddity. It's not actually called Ground Control. Anything you'd know. Our major you know what there's another thing that that's in? What? Uh, Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I've not seen that movie. Oh, no, that's not true. I saw it when I was, <laughs> of course you when I was in eighth grade. My teacher played it, but it was uh, the speakers weren't loud enough, so I didn't hear any of it. I'm pretty sure it's in that movie. It's definitely in the trailer for that movie, so. Probably. It's all right. It's a half decent film, I think, as I recall. Anywho, anyway, we saw some new movies this week. We did. We got a double. We got two movies and a bunch of trailers. Too many trailers, I'd say. No, no such thing. Well, so let's start with the the first movie, with Paul Giamatti's newest film, <laughs> The Holdovers. Oh wow! Yeah, holdovers. What'd you think, Jack? I, you know, I thought it was one of those more derivative pictures. Um, I thought it was very, really weird when he called one of the students the N word, <laughs> considering there's a black character in the film. Very poor taste, um, but overall five stars. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, folks. Yeah, no, it's a bit of a cheeky joke for the for the two of us. Because I didn't see it. You didn't actually see the. I saw the holdovers though. Yeah, I'd say it's quite good. Not necessarily the kind of movie we'd see here. Although any movies movie we'd see yeah, here. Yeah, we all see we see all kind of movies now. Here's the thing: if we're desperate as, enough, as time's gone on, we we'll see just about anything. So, and that's only because we're not, they don't do Marvel shows that often anymore. <laughs> That's part of it. <laughs> but no, Holdovers is good. But what we actually saw was Napoleon. And Sulper, but we'll get to Sulper in later. Well, yeah, I was, come on. You gotta titillate a little, Jack. We've been guessing. Can't just say it. It's, What's the point of any of this? It, all right, well, talk about the movies. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yes. But so, Napoleon. Ridley Scott's newest picture. Ridley Scott, God, we've covered already twice on this show because of yeah. his second Thanksgiving picture release. Yeah. yeah. It was almost our third annual Thanksgiving movie, but somebody oh. was playing a little hard to. It's not true. That, that is not true. I would say so. And if, if hard to get is texting someone with the information they want to know and then getting no, no response, no, 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 no. then that is playing hard to get. No, I, no, no, I, no, 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 You saw it the day before Thanksgiving without me. So there was no chance we were ever seeing it on Thanksgiving. We, I, by that point, we already said we weren't going to see it. Didn't we already decide that? Not even a little. Because you had said the wish thing. We didn't see Wish either. So we could do either or if it was if it was too honorary. What the part that I was not privy to was the fact that you just went and saw Napoleon without me, anyways. That's what I didn't know. It's neither here nor there, though. Well, it's not important. It isn't, Jack. I don't know why you got to keep dredging stuff like this up. Oh, can't, can't you just let things lie? <laughs> no, 
No, no, no. It's more fun for me to do it this way. <laughs> anyway. Napoleon. A movie that I liked. I liked it, too. We liked it. And, but everybody else, I think, hates. <laughs> I don't know about everybody else, but, but a it's, it's, it's a controversial one, I would less say. Less people liked than I thought would. I, yes, that I'll agree with. I thought this was kind of a slam dunk. And I mean, I guess that's what happens, though, sometimes, is you think a movie's going to be better than it is, maybe. Or, mm-hmm. Well, better received than you think. I mean, it's just life. That's that's all the people say. You know, everyone was talking about their Wonkapolian or whatever the fuck. You remember this? No, I don't. It was, after, it was July, Jack, if you can cast your mind back. And it was after, it was hot on the heels of Barbenheimer, and everyone was looking for the next Barbenheimer. Yeah, and there was the Saw Paw Patrol. Saw Paw Patrol, yeah. Saw Patrol, probably. Paw Saw. Well, no, that's nothing. I know. Saw Patrol. The, the, Saw Patrol the, the Saw Patrol, good, no, Saw Patrol was good. But that's insane because those are so disparate and nobody, I, get, I mean, we don't need to really delve into it, but obviously Barbenheimer was unique in that those, they were two genuinely good movies, but we've talked about this. Yes. We've done today. There's no chance they were ever going to, but I guess Wonka Napoleon was almost, except it's not. Yeah, it's also not the also, same it's, thing. It's, it's so many things. It's because Barbenheimer are so like opposed as movies, but also still... It's well, like, oh, look at these are like creative-led, genuine, you know, top directors of yeah. the day. Also, they overlap, and people who can go watch them. It's not like, oh, Saw Patrol is nothing because Saw is an R-rated movie, a horror movie, yeah. where with body horror, and Paw Patrol is the for Paw literal Patrol movie for, for literal little children. babies, not even like Barbie, but like just for kids. Yeah, but whatever. So, the thing about f- Funko fucking Wonka Polian is that they're like a month apart, so that's nothing. It was yeah. they were just chasing the clout, Jack. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's um, it's I mean it's a movie about Napoleon, isn't it? It's his, it's his life. Well, a part of his life. Yeah, the broad strokes. The the uh, the, the important parts of his life, I'd say. Uh, some of them, yeah. I would say that's one of my things. So let's just get into it. I mean, it's whatever. It's a movie about Napoleon. We don't really got to beat around the bush here. Too many French people. My <laughs> criticism. I like the French, Jack. I've said this some. We've we've done this before on the show. You hate on the French too much. They're like our oldest and truest friends. You know that? Yeah. I'm they sure help that... us kick up. Listen, who do you hate more, the French or the British? That's tough. I guess I have to hate the British more. And the French helped us but get the, rid of the British. But so... the French are so smelly. Yes, we know. Yes, Jack, I know. But we, we've, we'll but... always be eternally grateful for that, <sighs> for that alone. For that alone. I guess they got that for them. At least they don't, they, at least they don't have fish and chip shops. At least the French have good food. Like, maybe the best. That's They've got that going for them. Like that one clip of um, the guy from Bar Rescue. He's talking to some British dude. And he's like, you know, you British people, you British guys, you love beer so much because all your food is awful. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy's like, well, you actually, you know, the top five restaurants in the world are in London. And he goes, what kind of food do they serve? And the guy goes, <laughs> French. And they both have a big laugh about it. <laughs> it's a great clip. That is good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, Joaquin Phoenix is Napoleon. Vanessa Kirby's Josephine Bonaparte. And I would say the biggest thing to me about this movie is that I, I felt like it couldn't decide if it wanted to be more about Napoleon being, you know, war guy. masterful war guy, or if it wanted to be about their marriage. Mm-hmm. And I feel like overall, it probably was to the detriment of either of those. It almost feels like Ridley Scott wanted to make a movie about Josephine Bonaparte, mm-hmm. yeah. which would be interesting. Like that, Normally, you would think a movie like that, if you were like, we want to get into the nitty gritty of this, it would probably be from the that perspective right mm-hmm. you'd call it fucking josephine and it would she would be like the star more so and it would be more more about her because yeah if you make a movie about napoleon you just call it napoleon people are going to expect it to be all the war stuff he all did. the war stuff because this movie i would say had a, a bit of a lack of that for my liking 
for being a, like a two and a half hour long historical epic, there's like th- there's like three big battles and that's it. Mm. It's like and it's it, the shorthand in this, and we'll, and we'll get to this later. I've got a bunch of takes, but the the shortcuts this movie takes to try to c- condense his life is is pretty. I mean, there's some big ones at points, basically. Yeah. Where it's just like, and then five years later, and now he's first consul, and now he's emperor, and he beats the, you know, Austrians once, and it's like, ah, he's master of Europe. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> and surely he's got to do a little bit more than that. Like, and that's cool, and that was a big one. That was a big one. That was a decisive victory for, you know, him to kind of defeat the Austrians, right? But the thing that this movie never shows is after, between that and then, like, the, what, the next thing, which is his Russian campaign? Between that, he but defeats the Prussians, the Russians, the Italians, he, the Italy. He uh, dismantles the Holy Roman Empire. Right, he finishes yeah. dismantling that. He conquers Spain and Portugal, like or at least whatever invades them. Like you know, he he does truly like set up his whole continental system there and establishes all his fucking brothers as like the rulers of Europe. And we don't really see any of that. And it's just it's just. It's, it's too few and far between, I think. Because mm-hmm. then there's just a scene where he's like, and now I'm friends with Peter. And it's like, wait. Or, um, not Peter. Alexander. Yeah. And it's like, last time we saw him, he was like running away from the Battle of um Austerlitz because he lost so bad. And now it's like, oh, my friend Napoleon! And they're like shaking hands or whatever. And also, years are passing. Why didn't that guy age? What's going on? He wasn't a child that whole time. <laughs> he <No>. couldn't have been. <laughs> but, I, so, stuff like that. And then it'll just be, yeah. Also... I don't think does quite enough service to their relationship. So, I don't know. That's probably my biggest thing. But the the battle scenes and stuff we did got, I thought was cool. I do find this era of um, sort of history and warfare to be super fascinating. Right? Mm. It's like, I mean, there's like eight different things that you can point to as like, ah, the beginning of modern warfare, right? But there is obviously something significant for sure about when we started using artillery in a yeah. big way. And like... Cannons and mortars yeah. and all that. Mortars and artillery and cannons and, and like naval vessels that could bombard land and vice versa and stuff. Because for a lot of history, it was just like have guys with spears running a bunch of other guys to, with spears. They have to get within <laughs> spear distance of one another and then they spear each other <laughs> for a bit and then everyone kind of goes home. Um, but obviously, like Napoleonic era, gotten a lot more of like, all right, we still have cavalry. We still have guys who'll ride at you on horses with a sword. But then we will also have cannons that'll shoot you from a mile away, and we'll have long range guns, long range rifles. Yeah, we, have rifles you. And we still have you know we have a bunch of dude with muskets who can shoot at you and stuff. So that's all kind of neat, uh, and I think it was done pretty well. I don't know enough to be like, well, I don't know if this was accurate to the Battle of Austerlitz. It's just how the formations looked at Waterloo, but it's good enough for me. Kind of neat, yeah, it's good yeah, for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Waterloo. If you want to see Waterloo, you go watch that movie that they made in Russia in like the fucking seventies or whatever. Oh yeah. And that's just a whole, like, three hour... I think that's longer than this movie, and it's just about Waterloo, so... You can get your Waterloo fixed pretty well. Go do that if you want that. Yeah. How did how did you find the whole relationship thing? Uh, I liked it. I think... I, well, I really don't like these movies. I think it had a pretty good, like, juxtaposition for Napoleon, where it showed, like, he's really good at war, and he's very, sm- like, tactically smart and, like, ruthless. But because of that, he can't be, like, a person in society. Like, he's just kind of a maniac. And I know mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people be like... He acts so stupid and silly and goofy. And I'm like, yeah, because he's like a maniac. Like, really, Scott, I think, is at least as far as really Scott uh, is concerned, he thinks Napoleon's like a murder, murdering maniac who just likes war. Yeah. Which is portrayed at least pretty well. Like, he, he's pretty consistent about that in, within this film. Absolutely. 
I completely agree with that. It's 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 really not super positive on him. No. I uh, yeah, I agree with that uh appraisal there entirely. I think that's exactly what he was going for. It's like he's just kind of a psycho. Yeah, <laughs> just did a bunch of war for like his ego mostly. Yeah, he took over Europe cuz cuz he thought it would be fun, which is perhaps even like less charitable than Napoleon is. I don't know, it's interesting cuz when you start talking about someone like Napoleon, you get into like the whole concept of of great men in history, right? Yeah. You know what that is, right? It's just basically the idea that like the sort of concept of like do individuals shape the course of history or not right Mm -hmm. is there such thing as great men who single-handedly can change the whole world change the whole world or is there not is it more you know confluence of factors right so Mm -hmm. is napoleon was napoleon really single-handedly doing this or was any number of people being in that place at that time you know capable of doing the changes he did uh and i think it's, it's you know it's probably a little bit of both, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe it's just that he he is particularly good at strategy and he's just so happened to be at the right place, in the right places at the right times with the right factors to become the emperor of France and win and use his have enough resources to defeat most of Europe and do all this other stuff he did. Well, Go to Egypt is, and North right? Africa. Is like historically speaking, the the most like lasting um, sort of legacy of Napoleon isn't that he conquered Europe or you know subjugated the continent for years or whatever. It's that he. It's like they say it's like the Napoleonic codes and shit, right? Mm-hmm. It's more like his domestic change and things. And it's like, yeah, was that was that actually essentially Napoleon, or could anyone have done that at that time? Right? Was that more of like the you know we'll just put his name on it because he he's yeah, ruling it like the culmination of the. Uh, revolutionary ideas and stuff, right? Like, is that, and that wasn't single handed Napoleon. He wasn't even a big fig- figure in the revolution. He just kind of was there at the right time in the aftermath, right? To mm-hmm. kind of swoop in there. So it's tough. I mean, it's, it's, it, these are all interesting questions, but I, so I do think it's maybe even a little harsh on Napoleon because, yeah, it, it, it does make him out to be, like you said, just goofy. Yeah, absolutely. Goober. He loves like, his meals. Yeah. <laughs> There's that pork chop at her. It is. I loved that. I couldn't. I thought that was hilarious. That was funny. <laughs> I was gonna bring up that specifically. Like, I still can't get over the fact that he had a part where the fucking emperor and empress of France get into a food fight with one another. <laughs> but yeah, there. You know, I was reading a bit about Josephine Bonaparte because I can't say that I knew a ton about her, anyways. Um, before this, and they did have a seemingly a really interesting relationship, like that historically seems to back up a lot of the stuff in this movie although there's a lot that isn't necessarily perfectly accurate but that like the whole thing where he's kind of infatuated with her at first and she can kind of eh, take it or leave it but yeah for her it's very practical and i mean i do think it's interesting their dynamic just in the sense that like obviously he comes from almost nothing right to become emperor of france and you know he meets her along that path before he's obviously really even begun to hit his heights so it is interesting that like these two people who become the, you know, emperor and empress of France are just like she was a noblewoman and all, but certainly not powerful of, noblewoman. Yeah, certainly not of the caliber who would normally be married to the emperor monarch of France. Mm-hmm. Um, and that 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 whole thing's kind of interesting, right? But like, well, they met when he was young or younger or whatever, and they just you know kind of stuck together. I mean, that's commendable in its own way, right? Yeah, to to an extent, maybe not commendable. I don't know. It's something. <laughs> like it's just it's very interesting. And then the whole you know. It's one of those things that I guess can't even really be answered historically, right? Like, yeah. did they really love each other? Like, who the fuck knows? Yeah, you can't. You can never really know that. Can you ever really know if anyone loves one another? Wow. 
Like that's really like it's a lot about our society, doesn't it? Just, but it is. You know, there's evidence to support it every which way, and yeah, they you know they did have correspondence even after their divorce, and that that whole thing. This movie presents it in a certainly a particular way where she seems very grudging. Um, but I mean, I I also don't know if this movie ever really like. Would you say that ever really shows that she she does truly love him either? No, I I, I think if this movie really just shows that. Maybe, I don't know. No, I would say it doesn't show that she does, like, really love him. I think at the beginning, like you said, it's, like, practical. And then it's probably like, well, I like having you around. or And then maybe it becomes a little bit of desperation. Like, well, if if I don't have you, I what am I, like, no one's going to look at me because the emperor cast me out. Yeah. I'm whatever. Which is, and there's definitely components of that because, like, and this doesn't obviously explicitly say this, but in real life, she was several years older than him and she was a widow and had children like she wasn't by most standards a like desirable match Mm. for for like a a rich noble kind of person so she definitely like the consensus seems to be that she capitalized upon his interest in her was like okay cool but then again it's like it's it's not really certain if they ever if he ever she ever loved him too i mean you know it is agreed upon that like when he went to Egypt, and they had their respective affairs that seemed to damage their relationship for sure. Uh, but even then, it's like it, and this movie just obviously gets into that, right? Because I thought it was interesting when, um, you know, he came, he comes back because he's upset about that, right? Or at least that's how the movie presents it, right? Yeah. Um, which is another kind of thing. Again, plain or not, all is like, did Napoleon come back in, in, you know, basically just in time to seize power because he was like smart about it, or was it literally just because he was <laughs> angry about an affair, angry about his wife? And then he's like, oh, I guess um, he's going to seize power, I guess. <laughs> he's seize power, maybe? There's something I can... While I'm here? They're like, Napoleon, can I just do in seizing power of the French government? And they're like, well, I mean, I'm here. I, I mean, I, walked, I got all the way here. Um, and so I, at first I wasn't sure if they were going to address it because I had read that like he, he made a big deal about how his wife had a public sort of affair, which I suppose that's kind of the bigger thing is that it was public even. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's historically agreed upon that, yeah, he had several affairs during on campaign with like his officers' wives and stuff. Mm. So, you know, it's not necessarily about the infidelity, I guess. It's more about the perception. And probably yeah. and there's like a, like a whatever, selfish, like, ownership kind of slant, to, or yeah. possessive slant to him, I guess. So, I don't know. It's interesting. So then it's like, when you have that scene of their, their divorce, which is a real historical event. They had this, like, public divorce where they all, like, where they read those, um, I don't remember how, it was, like, it was like, devotions i don't remember how it was phrased but they they read this shit off about each other about like yeah no we're we're okay with this it's just what we got to do kind of thing and in the movie here he like slaps her and makes her read it through her tears but again it's like is she doing that because she's like oh i'm so sad that i'm not going to be married to napoleon anymore is it like because she likes him really or is it more of like oh i don't want to not live in the palace and be empress anymore yeah or because it's so public like it's yeah it's it's, it's like a shameful thing yeah 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 one the, something this movie never um, shows that she did she remarried after that too. Oh, yeah, like this movie shows that it's like oh, I and then she wallowed in you know self misery, yeah. ob- oblivion for the rest of her life until she died of pneumonia. Uh, but yeah, she she remarried, so whatever that's worth. That's definitely one of the areas where they fudge it because then there's also the scene of like so when he returns from exile and he's like, no one told me that didn't happen. He he, he learned of her death while he was still on. Elba and like mourned there. There was mm-hmm. no like I have to return to France for Her. for Josephine like that. Uh, he's, he he just wanted France. He just wanted France. So 
it's it's weird because I he you know at points seems to kind of like romanticize their relationship and also kind of demonize it. Yeah, which is I mean, listen, people are people are complex. I guess they exist in multitudes. Don't we just? Don't yeah. we all kind of? It was pretty shocking in the beginning of the film when that horse when his horse fucking blows up. Didn't expect. Do you that. think so? I mean, the scene the movie opened with them decapitating Marie Antoinette. So yeah, but that's old news. Who hasn't decapitated <laughs> Marie Antoinette? Huh. Well, when's the last time you saw a war movie where they didn't kill a horse? I just just the manner of which? Just the manner of which. Yeah. I think I think because I didn't expect it to like explode. I was annoyed. It was very forceful. I thought you know and this is just me being me, like but Uber. I thought the people near me were like reacted a bit strongly, and I'm like this better not be con- constant. Was it constant? No, it wasn't. Well, that's good. So maybe it was just the horse death in that manner was particularly egregious, which fair enough. But I was just like. I swear to God, if because it, 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 I, I was giving me flashback to Killers of the Flower Moon, where that old couple came to see Killers of the Flower Moon and were so appalled by the violence. They were, they, they were killers the of the killer, flower. There was Killers of the Flower Moon. And <laughs> yeah. How could they even? Oh, all those flower oh moons kept God, getting killed. Shooting people in this movie. I'm like Jesus. So I was like, if I swear to God, if someone came to see the Napoleon movie and is going to get freaked out by some fucking gunshots and stuff, like I'm, I'm not gonna have words. You know, there was like audible gaffs when they, and it's like, yeah, okay, they decapitated a woman, but come on. I mean, again, who hasn't killed Marie Antoinette? Right. She should have took those carry the the simple carries, Jack. That's how they got her, you know. It's not really what this movie conveys. It seems like this movie acts like a mob cornered her in like a palace or something. Like they're like children. Yeah. In real life, it was they were on their way out in carriages, but she was, and they were like, "Do you want to take the simple one?" And she's like, "The two gold ones will do." <laughs> and they were like, "Well, there she is. Get her, boys." What a fucking idiot she was. Yeah. You gotta just pity her because I really like she didn't do anything. She was just married to the king, the last king of France. She wasn't she was anything. A, a, a noble woman who, I mean, yeah, yeah she, she wasn't was like f- writing policy. She was like fucking Prussian or something. I don't remember where she was from. Oh, she might have been from Italy, but she didn't do anything. <laughs> They're like, ah, oh, we've got her for doing nothing, using the money. Yeah, come on, <laughs> come on. I mean, give her, cut her a little bit of slack there. I mean, it was uh, she was Austrian. Yeah, I was gonna say because I think she was related to Maria Theresa, but yeah, all the, all the, all the revolution stuff was interesting. No. Robespierre tries to kill himself. That's cool. Can't do it. Though. Love that. Love Can't. the whole. I, the, I saw someone like criticizing this for being like, "Why does it make the revolution look so bad or whatever?" And it's like it was bad. <laughs> yeah. Listen, it had good ideas or whatever, but and it needed, and it was a good thing that it happened, right? It it set forth a, a wave of like enlightenment Reform. ideals throughout the whole the whole world, right? Yeah. But um, the like act. It was not actively good. <laughs> no. Happens the all time. the time. If you read it, if someone could read even one history book, you would see that a lot of times when you do a revolution, it gets a word. It gets a little bit worse before it gets a little bit. It better. It gets worse before it gets better. That's exactly, that's that's kind of the constant. Although ours went pretty good. The American one was honestly pretty. Like they they really did set up like a decent. I mean, listen, opinions are divided, and we're going. The verdict's still out, I guess. Jury's still out on uh, and we're doing so great now. on the American experiment to an extent. But by and large, that 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 was all done. We did, that was handled pretty we swift, did, smoothly, don't you think? And we did conquer. We did manifest a good bit of destiny. We manifest a good bit of destiny, and we conquered the world, kind of. You know what I'm saying, though? No, yeah, no. I like think it was pretty. They were like we didn't I, instantly we collapse. Up, like a yeah, we didn't instantly collapse or devolve into like everyone. It's not like right after the, the Revolutionary War, like fucking Rhode Island declared war on Massachusetts <laughs> and shit, right? But they should have, <laughs> and maybe we should have. We should have all ganged up on Georgia then when we had the chance. <laughs> <laughs> wipe them off the face of the earth no, Georgia's alright Virginia though no I don't know I don't even know Wh- which of the 13 colonies was the most detestable probably Massachusetts if we yeah, got rid called, of them they called the massive two shits come on if we got rid of Boston then when we had the chance <laughs> that would have been it we would have been a, we would have been a, it would have been that meme where it's the utopia yeah <laughs> <laughs> if after the revolutionary war we destroyed Boston <laughs> no Boston Celtics 
No Bruins. No Patriots. They wouldn't be going on a they wouldn't be going on, three teams wouldn't go on a tear. Well the Patriots aren't going on a tear right now. But the other two They had though. They had. Tom Brady had his time in the sun and then his wife divorced him, lost his money in crypto. But yeah, it's like they they called it the reign of terror for a reason, man. <laughs> yeah. People don't like Napoleon. <laughs> He's like a maybe bad guy. But so was, but I'm saying like so was Robespierre and so was oh, yeah. it, like it was all shit for a while there. They did a couple revolutions right in a row. It took them so long to ha- like French's last government was in like the like last new government was in like the fifties. <laughs> they write their new one all the they're time. doing it all the time. They, they're doing it right now. Like the Fifth Republic just got moving. The Fifth Republic is like younger than fucking Star Wars or something. <laughs> Not literally, but... younger than South Sudan. <laughs> The Fifth Republic is, like, they're always trying shit again, so. And God bless them for trying. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They got, they got bed buzzing trash in the streets. Like I said, people were like, oh, why, is the, why are they showing the Reign of Terror? And, and why is the Reign of Terror so terrible? I saw someone call it, like, anti-revolutionary, and it's, to an extent, I suppose it was, right? Because, like, you know, is even briefly observed and pointed out in this movie, right? Mm-hmm. It's like Robespierre was just using it to set himself up for power again. And obviously the way the revolution ended was with a, a man declaring himself emperor of France and trying to have an heir so that he could carry on his bloodline to real France. So, listen. I like took a said, couple wrong turns in some places. Got worse before it got better in a lot of ways. Yeah. Which and then even after they got rid of Napoleon, they just reestablished the They just put Louis, the, the, the next Louis back in. Monarchy. So, uh, you know. What can you do? And then a little bit later, they got Napoleon's fucking grandson or whatever, and they got him back, and then we... It took him a while. Okay? And around and around we go. But, um... Where is I going with that? Yeah, I don't know. I, it just seemed weird to me to, for people to be like, was the French Revolution not good? Yeah, not really. Because it's like, the Reign of Terror wasn't truly anti-revolutionary as much as it was like the kind of like zenith of the revolution. It was like, hmm. it's, and it's like terrible end point, right? Yeah. Because you can't start it. like, And, and, and even today, it's like, ah, oh, eat the rich and like, you know, we should bring back the guillotines, right? Because they, they are, a, like, they've become a symbol of like, uh, anti-establishment yeah anti-establishment and like class uprising and like fucking get the rich but also they I mean, went a little guillotine crazy at the end there yeah but they, they but are those is, people but is thing. there any way to go right yeah like once you want yeah what i'm saying is once you you know get the first head once you open that box let that genie out of the bottle whatever metaphor right once, i don't know if you can once, put a once cork that cat gets out of that bag once that cat gets out of that bag you're not putting that cat back in the bag you're not putting on. the cork back on that bottle you know yeah you're not putting pandora back into that box well she wasn't in the box no but she pandora's not closing that box she put pandora you can't close the box you can't close the box you can't be like we're gonna guillotine so, we're gonna cut the heads off of so many people and then we'll stop when we've got i enough. promise I'll, have I'll know when i've had enough <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you when i've had enough there's only a problem when i run out of heads to cut once There's I cut thing, if 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 you know if you broaden the net, if you widen the net a little, you'll never run out of heads. I'll never run out of heads. But uh, let's let's get into some of the in the hot takes. In the hot takes, you want some takes? Oh, of course. That's half the show. So there's quite a few for Napoleon. I gotta say, excellent. I'm gonna try to find the funny letterboxed one I saw. Yeah. While you do this, so you read the first one and I'll keep looking. Let's try to find the reign of twer reign of twer. Unless <laughs> well, I already have. All right. Okay. Let's start with this. I saved a bunch of these. Right. So. In terms of, like, histor- historical, is it accurate, is it not? I've touched on a few of them, um, but I'm certainly no historian, right? And, like I said, a number of them are kind of omissions, which I guess is not the worst thing. Of Like, they just didn't show a lot. Um, and some of them are downright, just, like, the movie shows something happening that didn't happen, kind of thing. Like I said, yeah. that, or one of the big ones is the, is the pyramids thing. You've seen this? 
Yeah, he didn't shoot the. He pyramid. didn't shoot the pyramid. They didn't have a big fight right in front of the pyramids where he shot them for no reason. And I've seen a bunch of things where this guy's just like, ah, oh, whatever, who cares? He's been a bit of a grumpy old man about it. Say something about. Oh, this, I guess this. Sorry, I found it, but it wasn't really anything. This is just a review where someone said the film begins during the reign of terror, the grisly period of counter-revolutionary violence that followed the French Revolution, and that's just a little bit inaccurate. It's more so like the, yeah, like the, uh, like again, like the kind of culmination of the revolution. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, like you're not supposed. To, I don't think the movie wants you to think it was a super great thing that they killed Marie Antoinette. Basically, is no. all I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah. But anyways, so. Ridley Scott responded in a lot of different interviews. People were asking about it, and he he had some very hot takes. So Ridley Scott, I mean, listen, he's kind of a he's whatever. He's a grunge, he's a, he's a grunge, he's a grunge old man. Well, that's kind of what I was getting at, right? He's an old dude. I feel like you get to an age where you care less. Maybe mm-hmm. you have to veer into one one of two lanes, right? You can become like kindly grandpa or like you know racist grandpa. grandpa. Well, I wouldn't. Say, I'm not going to say that about Sir Ridley Scott, but I'm not saying one he's of our racist. finest filming filmmakers. Oh well, yeah, and he said it, boys. We said it. We did it. Um. Uh, really, Scott responds to negative comments from French critics about Napoleon. The French don't even like themselves. That's <laughs> hilarious. That's a based comment. That, Isn't it just? Really, Scott's my guy for that one. Even though he made House of Gucci, the, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Really, Scott on historians having criticisms about Napoleon. When I have issues with historians, I ask, excuse me, mate, were you there? No? Well, shut the fuck <laughs> up, then. <laughs> Still funny? Little rude. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, this one's funny. Uh, Scott had originally wanted someone else to play Napoleon, um, but Joaquin Phoenix really looks like Bonaparte. He has the nose and the eyes. Before I cast him, I took a photograph of him and stuck a hat on it, and I said, "There it is." <laughs> <laughs> well, you got. I mean, he was like, "Well, who am I gonna ha- play a little freaky little dude?" Napoleon, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, of course. Really, Scott says there are ten thousand books about Napoleon, and they're full of both truth and conjecture. But I left reading the books to the poor bastard who had to write the screenplay. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. Uh, Ridley Scott on shooting a sequence where Napoleon's cannon fire at the pyramids. I don't know if he did that, but it was a fast way of saying he took Egypt. <laughs> I mean, that's true. I, I, I think sometimes you gotta do visual shorthand. Do you though? Well, maybe not in that way, but sometimes you do. I I was gonna pull up the funny review I saw on Napoleon uh-huh. on Letterboxd. Uh, Ridley Scott promises Apple he'll make another Gladiator and takes two hundred million of million dollars of their money to make a comedy about how much Napoleon sucks and what a weird loser he is. A legend. I bet the four-hour cut is going to get at least an extra half star. And I don't agree. Do you think it's that? No, but I just thought that was a funny way to phrase that. Yeah, I of think, course it is. Um, of course it is. That's all the other boxes now. The oh, whole I, app is just a funny way to phrase things. And then I'm God, sick of it. I got a bone <laughs> to pick with that. But we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. I'm, I think I'm sick of it, Jack. They've ruined it. It's like everything. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put on it's my fucking Twitter. hipster hat, and I'm gonna be like, "Man, I got into Letterbox when it was cool, and now everyone has a Letterbox, and they just go. It's all. How can we out fucking snark each other? Who can put more memes? How can I do the she's Barbie and he's Ken thing on, for this movie? For every movie ever, if you every movie that ever has come out since then, you go in there and it's he's just. <laughs> it's just a bunch of fucking. We're all circle jerking about movies we've all seen. Well, I've seen Napoleon. Isn't it kind of like? Isn't it kind of like fucking? Oppenheimer somehow if you think about it we all like Oppenheimer don't we I've had enough I've had enough of it Jack yeah now what I have to say to that is that um, she puts on my boots till I uh, make my <laughs> last wish <laughs> exactly it's just that that's, that's no, I've all stopped. I've performed doing. I did that for a while and I was like well this is no fun that's all anyone does yeah but usually at least it, usually I, I would I, I like to think we're a little more original I would hope we are a lot of them are li- literally these same jokes, jokes just over and over again yeah, and that's, that's what's true. even dumber I try to think of it. It's all just, oh, what? 
a woman can't have hobbies, and you put that under any movie you've ever seen, and it kind of works. Yeah. Like, there's that one, that, that new one with Natalie Portman, and I, no one's seen it yet, because it's a film it's Cans, yeah. or whatever. Is it Cans? 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 One of them. Well, I don't know. Well, she's Barbie, that. he's Cans. That's pretty good. There it is. And I... God, I should have put on Letterboxd But anyways, first. people are, like, doing that. Like, one of the top reviews for May, December right now is, like, God forbid a woman have a hobby, and it's a movie about, like, a... Like a, or a, a it's a journalist. teacher who... Isn't a journalist? No, Natal- no, she's not a journalist. Natalie Portman is an actress who's uh, researching a role. Oh, okay. And the role she's playing is of this woman who... I don't know if she's a teacher. In the, I couldn't. I, I don't know the details, but it's based loosely on this real-life story of this woman who seduced like her 12-year-old student Ooh. and had like a child with him. Oh. And that's what this movie's about, is this woman who's, who's... I don't know if it's a student, but it's definitely like a relationship between like a pre-teenage, pre-teen boy and his you know, much older partner and how that's, it's it's about abuse, literally. And then it's like, oh, God forbid women have hobbies. It's like, why is that your, t- like, and I don't want to be a curmudgeon about it. Like, oh, you can't make funnies or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, it's but like, sometimes you don't have to make all the funnies. Which again, we'll get to in a minute, but more more funny. Uh, <laughs> Ridley Scott, and if he shares the same fears of running out of time as Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Since he started Killers of the Flower Moon, I've made four films. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think about it. I get up in the morning, I say, great. Another day of stress. <laughs> uh, he's, that's a real, like, Stephen King, George R. R. Martin, how do you finish books so fast kind of thing. It's like, I don't know, man, I do my job. I, like, go to work every day. That's how I get them done. I think that's so funny. Since he made, since he started Killers of the Five Moon, I've made four films. And some of them are good. <laughs> I think that's funny. That is very funny. Uh, I, I I just, oh, got another day of stress. <laughs> that is so Ah, funny. great. Ah, great. God bless him. Uh, oh, Jack. Did you love the one counselor, whatever he is, from the directory or whatever they call it for a while there? With those those five guys running, and then they they do their coup, and they're like, you're going to sign this. Everyone sign your resignation, and they barge into the one guy's thing while he's eating breakfast. He's like, I'm having a succulent <laughs> breakfast. Yes. <laughs> that was good. He was having a succulent <laughs> meal, Jack. A, a succulent Chinese meal. And the cops just came in. Touching my penis. It honestly made me wonder if that wasn't like a... I mean, there's no way, of course, but... If, Come on, I, someone's right? got to ask Ridley Scott. This guy, you I'm having a succulent breakfast. <laughs> uh, uh, look that up, anyone? Succulent Chinese meal. If you referenced it uh, a month ago, maybe. Uh, Ridley Scott reacts to those criticizing the historical accuracies in Napoleon. Get a life. <laughs> God, it's hard to argue with that, bro. <sighs> what a guy. Um, it's 1982. The new Ridley Scott movie is all right, but the director's cut will probably be great. So that's Blade Runner. That's got to be Blade Which Runner. has a famously terrible theatrical cut. Uh, it is 2005. The new Ridley Scott movie is all right, but the director's cut will probably be great. That's Kingdom of Heaven. It's 2023. <laughs> the new Ridley Scott movie is all right, but the director's cut will probably be better. Um, this oh. person says Ridley Scott is in his prime at 85. Old. Prime's hard to say, but... Actually, I just... Well, now it's really making me think, Jack. It is kind of similar to uh, Blade Runner in that there's too much voiceover in this. It's a lot of voiceover. There's too many, like... I'm writing you a letter that doesn't exist, right? That's a made-up historical letter where I just <laughs> recount, like, the events of years to you. They're, they're, a lot of them are pretty bad, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, dearest Josephine, here's what's happened in the past three years. All events you should be aware of. Everything and here's you, what I'm doing right now. Everything you would know way more about than anyone else because you're my wife. Like, the one where he's like, I'm on, I'm on campaign in Russia. I have to be on campaign in Russia because Peter the, or Alexander did this. And it's like, what the fuck is that? What are you talking about? Surely she knows that. What are you talking about? She saw you when you left. (laughs) (laughs) She 
shall you leave? You planned sure. this campaign for years, like months, and then left or whatever. You, this didn't just happen. You know, so, like, oh, fellas, we gotta get going. Stuff like that, I didn't like. So I, I'm. It would be nice if there was a theatrical cut or a director's cut that has more of like the in between here. Because there is parts where it'll just be like, and then five years pass, and then six years pass, and then we years pass. Right? Joaquin Phoenix looks just as old the whole time. And he does it that. So I try not to I try not to get into that because I'm like, oh, it's not, is that really? But I mean, he's old. He is old. And in the beginning, he's like 24. <laughs> but it's just like old guys. I mean, here's the thing. Um, Joaquin Phoenix now is older than Napoleon was at Waterloo, which is, like, he's only a couple years younger than Napoleon was when he died. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, he's basically too old for the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, much like Leonardo DiCaprio and Coast of Flower Moon. Right. But, see, I, I'll give this one a little bit more grace because unlike Killers of the Flower Moon, it takes place over genuine, like, 20 years. Mm, not least. like four. Not like four, which, yeah, but whatever. So, maybe they will. there will be one where it'll have more genuine content in it and less voiceovers describing what's supposed to be happening. Yeah, less fapping about. Um, this person says, watching a point last night, have a lot of thoughts. The biggest praise is that Ridley Scott truly never disappoints. Incredible sense of scale above all else was nothing short of immersive for the entire runtime. And just <laughs> goes to show how much of a sad loser Napoleon was. Again, I, there's something to that for sure. Mm-hmm. But how do you feel about it? About Napoleon in that sense? Uh, I think, I don't know. I don't know if loser. I don't know if I'd say sad loser. Well, it's hard to say sad loser, yeah. isn't it? When someone like, becomes emperor of France, it's hard to be a sad. I mean, he loser. does die in exile, I guess, but but I I wouldn't. I think sad loser is quite I don't know, not the right way to phrase it. I would say I would say like tragic maybe is better because tragic implies a rise and a fall. Because a sad loser implies that he tries to be something and never achieves it. Yeah, but Napoleon hard, yeah. Bonaparte becomes Napoleon Bonaparte, one of the most famous people to ever live. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to be like, look, a walking Phoenix play a silly guy with a pork chop, but also he did actually conquer Europe and like threatened, and, like everyone was afraid of him and like yeah. feared his military might. Yeah, I agree. I, I think definitely more like egotistical maniac. Yeah. More than sad. And there is the whole like, this movie gets into like, oh, did he have mommy issues and stuff? And they all did. Sure. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's friends. <laughs> so, I- I don't know. But, I mean, a lot of that's just speculation on Ridley Scott's part. For, or whatever. I mean, if we don't want to say Ridley Scott, whoever. The poor bastard. The poor bastard who the screenplay. That's not all, like, just, like, blatant. Like, ah, yes, this movie shows. Doesn't this movie tell you everything you need to know about Napoleon? Well, no. It's just a movie. Like, yeah. let's not get. It's got to tell a story. It's, it's not a not fucking get, history class. Exactly. Let's not get too into a, up, up ourselves here about, like, ah, yes. Napoleon was just like most men. A sad loser who I hate. And it's like, yeah, okay, man. But like perhaps, but what if we thought about it for even a moment? <laughs> um, I didn't see. I I don't have any uh, money figures, but I did see this was a few weeks ago. It was or the, okay, so this was last weekend, I guess. It targeted a twenty-two million launch over the five-day Thanksgiving holiday, but it cost two hundred million dollars. So it might flop. But you also got to remember this is an Apple TV movie, which means it almost doesn't matter. I guess yeah, it's, it's Apple money. This is like this release is kind of supplementary to. The one on Apple streaming? Yeah, because, you know, most streaming movies don't even get theatrical runs at all, so I don't know. Just like Killers? I forgot that this and Killers are both Apple films. Uh, but someone was making fun of this. was like, is this the flop? Is this fa- fatigue over white period pieces? Are we tired of Ridley Scott not casting people of color to star in his films? Which, I don't know. I, I, I think it's kind of playing on, like, the, you know, the Marvels did poorly and everyone's like, it must be because of this. Mm-hmm. This movie looked really good. I don't think I said that. I was I thought visually it looked... Very nice, overall. 
Um, this person says, scathing reviews for Ridley Scott's Napoleon from our neck of the woods. If you thought Napoleon was this ridiculous, why would you even make a movie of him? Which, I don't know if I agree with that premise that like yeah. it has to be complimentary to him because it's a movie about him it's I, again it's such a thing i just said like five minutes ago he's napoleon bonaparte he's a very famous individual you can yeah. i mean he's inherently interesting be like oh oh here's the thing most famous people are fucking weird no matter what yeah, yeah. no matter what most people are weird and yeah. becoming famous for any one reason or another does not preclude you from being a real human person with like flaws and read any wikipedia page about a president and get past like all the war crimes they did they're like, and this guy, like, ate pickles naked in the Oval Office every day. Like, they all got weird stuff, man. Yeah. Again, we all kind of do. We just aren't, you know, one of the most well-documented- I'm well docu- emperor. Uh, yeah. I'm, we're just not one of the most well-documented humans who's ever lived. Yeah. <laughs> none of us were emperor of France. I didn't- None of us conquered Europe. I, it's weird to me that anyone would think this movie was going to be completely just like, and Napoleon was a great man who everyone loved. It's- Napoleon, like dictator of all Europe, like who everyone hated. Everyone and hated. Like when the whole the whole of Europe got together and were like we're beating his ass. That was like a good thing. Like Waterloo's like a like a triumph, yeah. right? It's a good. Like, thing I don't even that know. If, I don't think French people like Napoleon. Like what? They don't like the Eiffel Tower. They don't like themselves. Maybe he does, though. I don't know. They they do have his tomb or his his body on in like a sarcophagus in that one church or whatever the fuck. But hmm. again, it's mostly because it's like, well, he did a lot. He's he did a lot. You can't deny that. Like you said, he's inherently interesting. He, whatever. But also, it's like we all know that he was kind of a weirdo. We, we, you know, we have that term Napoleonic st- complex still in use today. About, about, the, about that complex, Napoleon complex, like would, who, that whole bit we did when the trailer came out. <laughs> who the fuck was was like, man, this is gonna just be sick about how great Napoleon was? And again, he also lost. That's the thing. Like he didn't win. He didn't even win ultimately. Like yeah, he did it for a while, and that was good. And then, again, it, there's no doubt that uh, that whole period was massively influential on the whole of Europe and and thus like the world. But yeah, he's he doesn't win ultimately. He does good for a while there, but then they beat his ass and they banish him to an island where he dies. Yeah, he dies just like randomly. So like what do you, you know, what do you want from it? Uh this person says it was worse than bad, it was boring. That seems okay. And this person just says two road review shit sandwich. I don't I don't really agree with any of that. No, me neither. Someone said the most mid two and a half hour film of all time. That can't be true. Didn't hate it as much as some, but wouldn't go above a five out of ten. Ridley Scott needs to spend the rest of his days inside a prison cell. Whoa! I don't even know where that came from. That's uh, a bit. That, so I was just like, what was this person? It was in like Blade Runner, I guess. Um, this person says Ridley Scott has been making blunders for more than a decade, but I don't remember him e- ever arguing with critics before they've ev- even seen the movie. This is going to be fucking terrible. Which, I again, I didn't find it to be. But it is pretty funny that he was getting out ahead of that, being like, shut up, get a life. <laughs> I hate You're you. You're all nerds, I hate you. <laughs> You're crazy. Uh, this person says, watch Napoleon, new Ridley Scott war epic starring Joaquin Phoenix and Mr. Kirby. Had a blast and enjoyed it. Positively surprised by how much it focuses on their relationship rather than the battles, blah, blah, blah. Which, again, I, I totally agree. What did I say about Napoleon? Let's read mine. Or just give it a, give it a once-over. Uh, this is a fun disbussing film. You know, Discussing Film? No. I guess you don't know Discussing Film, so it doesn't matter. Well, there's a Twitter account called Discussing Film that does, like, you know, somewhat relevant film tweets and mm-hmm. things. And then there's a parody account called Discussing Film. They said, really, Scott, on Joaquin Phoenix's Napoleon standing outside an Olive Garden in Napoleon. I don't know if it happened, but I know Napoleon did go to Italy. It's symbolism. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looks like Ridley Scott... Napoleon is going to get it from both ends. Progressives hate it for even acknowledging that great men exist and drive history. 
The right hates it for portraying Napoleon as some raging incel, which I think is kind of an accurate... <laughs> on, some, on some level, I think it seems to be an accurate uh, description yeah. of some of the backlash. Uh, I think they missed an opportunity to use the Epa song at the end of the movie. I know, right? What I was going to make that joke. Just in the credits for the fuck of it, yeah. right? Come on. And Ridley Scott's a goofy little guy. He definitely would do it. <laughs> Ridley Scott on historians having criticism about Napoleon. Uh, Your Honor, shut the fuck up because <laughs> you wasn't even there. <laughs> uh, with like, uh, what's your source? It came to me in a dream. <laughs> fuck you. That's my source. I made it up. All right, here's one. Uh, just seen the Ridley Scott Napoleon film. It is awful, truly shockingly, shittingly awful. Not even so bad it's good. Possibly the worst movie I've ever seen, in fact. That is all. The worst movie you've ever seen? Isn't that crazy? That's like, See more movies. I can't even really wrap my here's head Here's the thing. That. The last movie Ridley Scott made, worse than this so movie. So much worse. If anyone would say Napoleon is worse than House of Gucci, has not actually watched House of Gucci. Listen, I really do like Ridley Scott quite a lot. Um, you know, I would say he's one of our finest film- filmmakers. Yes, 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 you would. But um, even I don't like that movie very much. I don't really understand the people who are like, I don't know, I've seen people be like, listen, Ridley Scott's, even his worst is better than most people's best. And there's some truth to that, but I think, I do think that House of Gucci just is bad. And not like, oh, it's bad for a Ridley Scott movie, but that means it's good. Like, no, I just think it's not good. I, I have said before, I think Ridley Scott is maybe less consistent than some of his, like, contemporaries. You know, some of the other greats uh, that are still working, right? Because mm-hmm. they'll do some good ones, and then it'll just be like, why'd you make Prometheus, Ridley Scott? Why'd you do why'd that you, one? Why'd you make fifth alien sequel Fucking how co- could that be good for anyone covenant or whatever is that what did you need to make that one Ridley scout you didn't no probably not sorry though still love him keep making movies ridley they probably die soon the last duel was good man it was, was really good last movie. it was a very good movie and so it was like fucking you know kingdom of heaven if you watch the director's cut and yeah, yeah. gladiator when he was 16 and he, he won a great victory and you know he thought he would live to be 100 and mm-hmm. now he wanted to see 30 mm-hmm. only line of that movie i know it's a good line though who says this in kingdom of heaven yeah the mask guy says it. Does he? Yeah. Who's Edward Norton? It's Edward Norton. Yeah. But they don't know it's Edward Norton mm-hmm. because he didn't want. Well, I don't think anyone does. Well, that's a thing. Not, not just the characters did, but nobody knew. Oh, yeah, he's, he, I don't think he's, he's uncredited. He's going to say he's uncredited. Even. It's purposely uncredited. Yeah. That's got to hurt the paycheck, though. Also, it's made up. That's also a historical, in case you were wondering. A lot of that movie is, too. It's a good movie, but it's not. It's fake. Fake it's news. Mostly fake. There that's was no. Right. There was no king of Israel who ran around with a mask all the time. <laughs> Whatever. Um. So overall, I you know. I thought it was pretty good. So did I. So move on. <laughs> sure. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I can take. It. I mean, we've we've got enough of Napoleon. Yeah, I think I got all all the things I want to get out there. about. So what I could take out of that into the trailer trash, trailer cash, epic super quick lightning round because we have like a billion trailers to talk about. Or ten, eight, how many? Six or seven? Six? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> thought it was Not more. Bad, all right. Um, what do we want to start with? Well, let's do the order we watched them. How about? Kong. Stupid fucking King Kong. Godzilla X Kong. Zach hates fun. Now, here yeah, we go yeah, again. Zach hates fun. So now you saw, you actually saw Godzilla minus one. Now, have you seen Shin Godzilla? I've not seen Shin Godzilla. I want to, though. It's just like you, Jack. Watch a movie without seeing the original. Watch a sequel without seeing it's the It's not a sequel, one. dickhead. Are you sure? Yeah, because, yeah, I am sure. You know why? Because Godzilla no. minus one takes place in 1945. When does Shin Godzilla take place? Not 1945. I'll Are tell you, you that sure? much for free. Yeah. Shin Godzilla is not a sequel to Godzilla minus one. I don't believe you. But nice try. Usually, okay, now, to be fair, usually- They're definitely- the, Okay, then maybe one's a pre- like They're not. I, posters go together. I don't give a shit. I think you are- they're not, it's, not a, it's not a sequel. Uh, now, I know that for absolute certain. It is the first reboot of a- I don't know that word. Do you got anything? Tokusatsu. Tokusatsu. 
series. I don't know what that means. Neither. It's a Japanese term for live action films that you make have use of practical f- special effects. Huh. Um, to be adapted, followed by Shin Ultraman and Shin. Oh wait, no, that's a different thing. Maybe right then. Maybe you can just say I'm right. I know. You, I know it hurts you to admit that because usually, to be fair, you get me with that one. You get me with the Jackie didn't see the other things, and that's fair. But Shin Godzilla is is separate from this one. Okay, so you're right. It's not a direct sequel, but it is. I mean, it was made by the same uh, people. I mean, it's made by Toho, I guess. So, yeah, but Toho makes most of them. You win this one, Jack, and I'll win more. Regardless, um, all I was saying is, I, so you seen that? I mean, I've seen all the American ones. I saw, uh, uh, you know, of the new crop, Godzilla, Godzilla, King of Monsters. You see Kong Skull Island? I've seen them all. Oh, okay, uh, Skull Island's probably my favorite. It's that one is just like a really good movie. I think, I think it's though maybe the only one that's worth like anything on its own. Um, the first new Godzilla is fine. Um, although I would say I have the same criticism that most people do, which is like, do I care about fucking Aaron Taylor Johnson in that movie? No, it's kind of dumb. Well, that's the thing. His inclusion, that's kind of silly. That's the thing about it, uh, Godzilla movies, is that the people stuff. I I just want to kind of. But then I don't know if I really care skip, skip, about skip, skip, skip. Godzilla. You know what I mean? I just like him when he punches the big monster. I, mean, I don't know if I do though. When he does the big roar. I don't, know if that's, I don't know if that's enough for me. And that's why this movie's titled Zack Hates Fun. I called whoever Warner Brothers and told them to make it the title. Like the people, like the human plots in Skull Island are genuinely good. They are. You have like Sam Jackson, who's like this, like you know, army colonel who's like can't get a little can't Viet- live with the failure of Vietnam and shit. And like, there's that one guy who takes all those grenades out and just gets smacked into a mountain. That's <laughs> one of the best parts of the movie. Great. So that's all interesting. And then most of these movies, it's like, but then it's again, I said. I don't know, not to get old fucking Martin Scorsese on you, but like, where's the where's the real cinema of human emotions in this, you know? Not every movie's got to be the real cinema of human emotions, I'd argue. But it needs some of that to, I think, get you in, engaged. At least me. I don't know. Oh, big, to be something. Um, big monster and ice? Fight other big monster. Checkmate, atheists. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I've seen all those and, and, you know, King of the Monsters and Congress of Godzilla. Congress of Godzilla is pretty good, too, I guess. Yeah, it's a fun one. Um, That's when they really start going wild, though. When they did the underground world, it's like, oh no! <laughs> they put Mecha Godzilla in that one, and I was like, that's crazy. I didn't know they were gonna put Mecha Godzilla in this. I didn't expect that. That was a fun surprise. Look, like he's dispatched all the all the additional kaiju too quickly, right? Because these movies have now already gone through Ghidorah, Mothra, and, Mothra and, and Rodan. Yeah, who did they fight in the first one? Those ones, I think they fought the first Godzilla. Those are like new ones. I think they're they're like the weird cicada ones that eat the yeah, radioactive those ones material. Are less interesting. But Mothra, well, but Mothra will come back because the whole thing is that she just reincarnates because yeah, yeah, yeah. she's super cool. Zach hates Mothra. I do. You've said as much. I, I you've told she, me. I think she's. Mothra's I think she's lame. weird. Well, yeah, she's. That's exactly it. Like the rest of them are big dragons and like weird, and then she's just a giant moth. What is that? Where did that come from? You know what I mean? She's the protector of Earth. It just seems incongruous, doesn't it? Don't you think? It feels uh, like it, you know what it feels like. It feels like Mothra came from something else, and they just fold her in, like like, like some kind of different property. The movie Mothra, maybe. I don't know. Was Mothra? There's a Mothra movie. There's a sure, but was was that an established I, character prior to its inclusion in Godzilla? Or no, I don't know. I don't know because there's a it's a separate Rodan and a separate Mothra movies, but I believe that those are meant to also just be kaiju movies that can be folded yeah. in. It's like sometimes when like DC or Marvel buy different comics up, and then so they get to fold those characters into their universe, and you're like, yeah, I know you don't belong. I can you tell. Get here. I can tell. It's like Godzilla, giant, you know, radioactive. Dinosaur monster. Dinosaur monster thing that can breathe atomic fire and Rodan, which is a big dragon thing. And pterodactyl thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pterodactyl thing and um, King, whatever it's called. Well, Ghidorah's an alien from Ghidorah. space. Either way, he's a massive dragon, dragon with three heads. Shoots lightning. And Mothra's just a big moth. And God bless her for it. But anyways, I, I don't really care about these movies, I guess. 
Um, I'll probably see this one, I suppose. Whatever. Well, we're going to see it for the show. And, like, yeah, C- Congress of Godzilla was fine. Um, they didn't do enough versing, really, by the end. Of, when it, when push came to shove, don't you think? They teamed up against Mecha Godzilla. Well, that's how a versus movie goes. Right. You fight for a bit and you realize the greater enemy is the metal version of the one guy. Yeah. That's like what Shadow and Sonic would do. It'd be like we have to beat up Metal we Sonic. We'd beat Metal Sonic. Yeah, Might okay. be Sonic 4. Tells all this time, basically, is what it is, isn't it? But uh, Guy fights guy. Evil government makes copy of other guy, but he's metal. I, th- I think Kong looks weird in this. I think he looks too old. He does look gray. He's, he he's, looks very gray he, and like I will say they also he's got they've given him like a monkey beard and I don't I don't really get that. He also got like a a prosthetic. Yeah, he's got like a power fist. What is going on? How does he keep up maintenance on that? Godzilla's pink. I don't, I don't know. Like, because if you're gonna tell me like oh it's just about munches mon- monsters 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 <laughs> monsters punching, then I got to at least enjoy the appearance of the monsters, right? So if you're gonna make them look weird, then like that's well that's gonna be a buried entry for me, don't you think? Oh, yeah. No, I, I can see that. There's a bunch more Kong. The last movie implied, like, oh, there's a bunch of Kongs. Maybe the Godzilla's killed them all. Is there more Godzilla's? I don't know. I assume the, they I, fought in the past because he has that Godzilla axe, and I don't, so I don't know. Then there's, but then there's Orangutan Kong. Scar King, I believe he's called. Oh, he's got a name? I, this I, is an existing character? What? I don't know. I saw someone call him the Scar King, and I went, I've seen that's a name of some kind. Could just be the... You know, from, it might, he maybe, seems to be a king, and he's got a scar. I mean, most of the... I guess most King Kong stuff implies that there's other Kongs, right? Yeah. Because... It's got to come from somewhere. Yeah. So, that's cool, I guess. I don't know. It's just like... Not to be the... Again, not to be this guy, but like King Kong is actually... And, and also Godzilla, to an extent, has like... Does have deeper meaning. Right? Yeah. Their first movies are just like, well, this is... They're representative of larger issues and all that. Yeah. Like, you have your whole like fucking... It wasn't the planes that killed him. It was beauty that killed the beast. It beauty killed the beast. And Godzilla's like, what if it's the like, nuclear bomb was yeah, personified? It's like the par- personification of their, like, concerns about, you know, nuclear. And, and uh, we've talked about this a lot, but a lot of Japanese cinema is like, remember those fucking nukes we dropped on them? That'll, that'll do something to you. <laughs> yeah. And okay. then and now it's just like, what if they punch a bunch and they're big monsters? And ev- and again, everyone's like you, which is like, come on, it's just fun. If you criticize this, aren't you, an, aren't you a big dumb idiot nerd who doesn't like fun? Yeah, I guess, but I don't know. I just don't know. I'm going to have fun. Yeah. Uh, when does that one come out? March, I think? Probably. The real title is is Godzilla X-Kong New Empire. I know. What is that? <laughs> like, that's, no, that's, an, that's nonsense, right? Yeah, that's... that's... Godzilla X-Kong The New Empire? Good lord. Uh, we got the guy from... Uh, it's just it's 2024. Yeah, the guy from the last one who's the conspiracy theorist who's proven... Well, not... I guess not conspiracy theorist because his theories are right. Yeah. Um, no Millie Bobby Brown, seemingly? Was she in the last one, though? Yeah. Oh, she was? Oh, mm-hmm. she was she's in the last two? I couldn't remember. She's not in Godzilla, Brian Cranston Godzilla. No, she's in King of the Monsters. She's, she's, she's in King of the Monsters. Oh, yeah. no, and she's in. She's also in... I forgot about well, That's her. what I'm asking. Was she in... For some reason, I forgot that Kong vs. Godzilla existed for a hot second there, but yes, you're correct. She's in the last two of the previous three. But then she's not in this one either. I mean, they had the people from... There's that post credit scene at the end of... Which I knew was stupid, because there's a post credit scene at the end of Skull Island where it's like, hey, you want to join Monarch? To like that one guy and the other chick, but then it's like that movie takes place decades in the past. <laughs> yeah, they got that Monarch show. And Disney, I was just gonna uh, say, now there's a Monarch show on Apple TV. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares about any of this? How do you do a Monarch show? Are they insane? What could that possibly be? Uh, Godzilla. Imagine yes. uh, now. Imagine all the kaiju that appear in King of Monsters. Can you imagine them? Can you see them in your mind? But then they're not in a show. But then they're in the show. Are they though? I would assume. You would assume, but it's not called Godzilla. It's called Monarch. Yeah, they're probably all they're all gonna find desks. them. 
Okay, whatever. There's only a scene where Godzilla appears. I don't know. I don't I don't care to watch it. Well, that much is evident. But I loved it. So it'll be great. You loved it? I'll take No, I didn't. I'm just <laughs> I'm just going against you. Okay. I don't care. All right, just making sure. I think I'll probably get this movie it probably a five or a six out of ten movie. Like right. Like King of Monsters. I'll enjoy watching it, but I will never, ever tell anyone that it was actually like a good movie. Okay. Was, okay. Sure. So the movies were, were as like- As long as we're in agreement about yeah. that. If anyone tells me they didn't like it, I will never say that they're wrong or argue against them. You can't. Can you really? Because you- Oh, no. You couldn't. <laughs> you simply cannot. You simply couldn't. When the fuck did that movie come out? 2021 or 20? 2020. Because that was the year that they only put things on streaming. In the midst. I gave it a three stars. I gave it a- Gave them all three stars. <laughs> I think I King gave the monsters three stars. Godzilla versus Kong three stars. Godzilla three stars. Kong Skull Island three and a half. I give it four and a half. Four and a half stars. That's I, very high. Wow. I told you I really love that movie. I, I like it a lot, but I mean, at I think, seven. I think seven's good. It's a respectable. Score no, no, I, I think it's a good score. I just think I yeah, particularly yeah. enjoyed it. I gave good on you. Uh, versus Kong three and a half. I gave Godzilla first Godzilla twenty fourteen <laughs> two and a half. Fair enough. Yeah. And then King of Monsters three. So we agreed on one. And that's what the show's all about. Anyway, moving on. Boys, season four. Well, didn't you know it's just the boys? It's just the boys. And you I'm excited ha- for them to plan to kill Homelander all season and then not kill Homelander at the end? <laughs> I've been excited for three seasons. <laughs> I can be more excited. That was a viral tweet that went around. Like, and then we talked about it. Did, I was going to say, did we? Yeah, we did. And it's like, I don't care. Because yeah. you think? I am excited to watch it, I guess. Screw you. Screw you. It's I- entertaining every time, so fuck you. Fuck you. I like Huey. We get to do our little bits where we do all four of them. Yeah. But extend they're talking about the secret projects. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Butcher. I didn't like... <laughs> I, don't, I didn't understand Sunlit Man. There was too much going on. <laughs> you mean the Nightmare Panther? It's a good movie. He would love you. But, um... Yeah, it's like... Oh, I don't know. We know Homelander's gonna be on tr- trial for murder. But it's like... Uh, I don't know. There's this new character who's basically coaching him to be like... You're like Caesar, maybe. Yeah, they don't. They don't they're not gonna care. And there's like people protesting outside of the Seven Tower, where it's like, I'm with Starlight. I'm with Homelander. Let's punch each other. So I mean, I do think that we're probably gonna be progressing towards something, right? Yeah, some like, kind of. Uh, the status quo is, is, I think, gonna change within this season towards Homelander doing something. And Homelander maybe being. President? I don't think he's gonna die, but yeah. Well, I wasn't gonna say it, but yes. We got some new members of the Seven. Well, we also have an old member of the Seven. We do. Black Noir? Huh? Huh? Yeah, we have... She's called Truth Bomb? Yeah, we got... Or is that the show? I don't know. The Truth Bomb with... Yeah, there's uh, this, uh, some, a Fico Jacko or something? Yeah, it's impossible to read. Um, we've seen Jeffrey D. Morgan. He's in it. He's back. Not and back, he's not Tech Knight. God, my Twitter Tech theories. Because Tech Knight was in the last thing. Yeah. Um. So on that theory, I mean, there's basically... There's a couple of prevailing theories as to who Black Noir could be. I mean, obviously, it could just literally be a stand-in dumb, like literally just a, just no one, right? Just a guy, um, just a literal dude, so that they can pretend like he's not dead. Mm-hmm. Or it could be, when this is a spoiler, I guess, for the comics. But in the comics, Black Noir the whole time is a uh, clone of Homelander, so it could be that somehow. Although that seems that would be a weird thing to add in, maybe at this because I don't think they really have clones. Yeah, right? it's never really been shown. So, um. So it could be the other theory is it could be Sam, oh from Gen V because he kind of fits the bill and he's strong enough to yeah just strong punchy dude so he could be Black Noir I guess he's got the mental illness for it you know <laughs> oh yeah she does he, uh, he's more puppets than cartoon characters but you know that's all six to one have the other 
uh, we get a we get a great shot of the deep with his uh, octopus, a new octopus. Mm-hmm. God, I can't wait to see this guy be the, the slimiest bastard ever. He's the worst one, maybe. Yeah, because he's, he's also just the most pathetic. I'm gonna say I have Ray Train though. I do like A Train. His his plots are always good. And what's what's the redhead's name? What's her face? Maeve? No, no, no. I meant the CEO. Maeve's oh, gone. Ashley. Ashley. Ashley's just fun. I she's like very her. funny. Yes. Yeah. She's always good. Uh, Bush has got the thing where he's. I don't know. It looks like there's something in his head. I don't think it's supposed to be like a parasite. No, I think it's just just somehow related to Because he's got the holes in his brain. Yeah, his brain. His Swiss cheese brain. His brain dying thing. He's about to die. Gonna die soon. His hate kills him and all that. It's a a metaphor. It's pretty... You know metaphors? Yeah, I got it. No, I think so. Okay, excellent. I think I got it. Because it happened to the last chicken, Gen V, and Mallory's like, this is crazy. Uh, this is going wild. This should be butcher. You guys should really. This, it's a little this is too much. And then she, and then that woman died because of being a hateful bitch. And now this, uh, yeah, he's dying. Whole matter's covered in blood. You get it. You know, it's the boys. It's the boys. And I couldn't be more excited. You think Jeffrey Morgan will be evil? Really? I'm making a movie. Yeah. I mean, probably. I don't know. <laughs> uh, at this point, basically anyone they add in, you know, the boys are the boys. So anyone you add in has got to kind of die or be evil because it's like, oh, we'll get a what's her name, this the senator lady. Oh no! Oh, oh no! She's shit. Evil. She was evil the whole time. Oh my god! <laughs> she's Stan's daughter. Holy and a shit. soup. Fuck. Fuck. Oh my she's god! The same part as Marie from Gen V. We didn't know Whoa. that yet. Oh my goodness! And then it's like you know we're gonna get Soldier Boy. He's gonna help us out. He's great. He's Soldier Boy. He's like our Captain America. You know, like Captain America. And then you're like, oh, he's the worst. He's oh a racist. God. Oh my god! Holy but shit. he's everyone's favorite character, maybe. So yeah, Jeffrey D. Morgan's probably gonna be like, oh my god, he was secretly bad somehow. He was secretly like, I don't know. Ate a dog hole or something. Mm-hmm. So, The Boys, season four. Great stuff. Uh, it's really cash. Uh, next trailer, Furiosa, a Mad Max saga. Yeah, a Mad Max saga. That's nothing. That's a, I feel like that's the improper use of the word saga. But it should just I? be a Mad Max film. That would make more sense. Or a Mad Max story. I don't know. Just call it Furiosa. A Mad Max. Yeah. That's probably some studio mandate. They're like, we need people to know this is Mad Max. Although, who would watch this and be like, I don't get it. And then the, and then the title card comes up and they're like, oh! Yeah, I mean... Once it start, once I saw a desert and a motorcycle, I was like, well, "This is Mad Max, isn't it?" Of course so it is. this play, this does definitely like fuck with the timeline. Um, which apparently, I don't know. There's people who get very, I didn't know. There's there's like passionate Mad Max fans out there. Mad get, Max heads, Mad, Mad Maxers, Maxers, <laughs> um, who are like that know, canon. Have, have strong opinions about what the canon is or isn't, or frankly, have strong opinions that there is no. That's kind of the most common thing I saw was that people who insist that there is no canon that. Each film is completely distinct, and I'm like, that can't be right. That each Mad Max, I've heard, I've seen something like that. Like each each movie is each Max is different. He's a different person, even though for the first three, he's probably the same guy. So that that one doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. But and then whatever. Tom Hardy, and then Tom Hardy. So that always and but like I always thought it was kind of just a Tom Hardy's young. He was he was the right age for that one. I thought it was just well, we can't use Mel Gibson. Like it's just a. You know, I didn't think it was meant to be a reboot or reimagining as much as just a different, you know, movie later on. But whatever, I don't care. Uh, but this says forty-five years after the collapse, a young Furiosa is taken from her family, which would mean that Tom Hardy cannot be the same as Max for the original movies because you know, during Mad Max One, the collapse is like happening, mm-hmm. like it's still in progress, basically. So how could you know Mel Gibson be a police officer during the? collapse or whatever and then also what like 55 plus years later also you know do stuff in fury road so doesn't really work but i don't know i don't care like i said (laughs) i 
it, it almost makes you wonder why they even feel the need to mention that it's been 45 years since the collapse. They could just say, right? yeah, they could just pick any number and be fine. Why does it even matter? So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that's about. But anyways, it's it's a Furiosa prequel. I um I told you like this seems weird. I mean, I'm sure he has a reason for why this was the movie he wanted to make. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you trust him, I guess. Um, you know, I've seen all the because people are finding all kind of weird things to to nitpick about this trailer, and then you get people being like, you know, George Miller is one of the. You can't say it. Say the lines, Zach. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I guess I don't love Joe, George Miller like that. No offense to him. We're all like, oh, he's one of the great living filmmakers. He knows what he's doing, kind of thing. And again, he's by and large, I would agree with that. Um, I mean, I really liked Fury Road. So, again, it just seems like Charlize Theron is so good in that movie. Like, just make another movie with her if you want to do that. But yeah. I guess, I guess, there's not much to tell, or ideally, there wouldn't be much to tell about what happens after that movie because, like. I don't know. She shouldn't be doing big adventure. I guess. I mean, you wouldn't know. You've not seen the movie, but no, I've seen part. I've seen the first. I've I guess the there's part. not a ton for Furiosa to do going forward. So it would be like, well, if we want to show her doing crazy, you know, road adventures, we have to go to, to the past. I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know why this spoke to him in a way that, again, just doing another movie with Furiosa in the future, or just uh, you know, another Mad Max movie didn't. But mm. whatever. Chris Hemsworth's the villain. He's pretty fun. He's turning it up to 11, being a crazy goofball. I what you need for Mad Max, because they're all exactly. turning up to 11. Exactly. I don't know. Sonya Taylor-Joy, she's good in things, yeah. mostly. So. We watch most of her movies. Sure, 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 she'll be good. Um, and I'm sure it'll look sick. It is funny how many people are like, this is how you make movies. Why don't people make movies more like this nowadays? With practical effects. See, Jazz weren't in it. She's like, you're all idiots, Jack. Buffoons. Yeah. Anyone who argues either way, basically. like, It's so funny because... Somehow people argue that there's like too much CGI and like, oh, look, it's great because there's not that much CGI. And it's like mm-hmm. people just seem to, I don't know, have a very tenuous grasp on how films are made. Cause a lot of, there's a lot of CGI in most films nowadays because they just kind of fix stuff. Yeah, there has to be. Like, there's a certain level of, that's why movies don't look like, you know, movies before 1970, like we say, look like crap. Because no, you can't go back with a computer and like edit out all the fucking mistakes or like things in the background or like sound. <laughs> Can't ADR anything in. Exactly. I'm okay. trying to find a savior now. Nah. But whatever. Yeah. That's just, there's obviously tons of CGI in this shot. Or in this trailer. And also, like, it's not finished, probably. So, I'm sure it'll look better. But there's also tons and tons of CGI in Mad Max Fury Road that you would never know. And, like, maybe this is a good melding, right? But, like, that's not a real truck. No. The big rig is. The big rig in the last movie is, I think. And a lot of times it's, like, the big ones are. And then there's a, a lot of, the, like, ancillary little vehicles on the outside. Uh, of the shots are, are not there's not literally like 30 trucks that they're driving at the same time kind of thing but mm-hmm. yeah like what how do you think they you know you can't make these movies just be all practical and, and anyone who like i mean again they're they're fury road is a really good example of them melding right yeah practical and 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 uh special but it's not it is not just like this pinnacle of like oh look this is how you make a movie without cgi it's no not even close mm-hmm. but whatever like this here, you can't. You think you think they had Anya Taylor shoot a harpoon at a person? Like, what are you talking about? Right. No, she actually shot that tower down. She they yeah. cut off her arm for that. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> she. Um... So then we got an even better trailer after this. If, oh boy! If we thought you loved Furiosa, we're gonna love the trailers for Halo season two. Count them, and it starts as any good Halo trailer would, with Master Chief without his helmet. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean. I would say our opinion on this is colored by, you know, having seen the show and knowing what it's like. Um, knowing what awaits us. So, 
I don't know if this trailer itself is any is really bad or anything. If as much as it's just like, well, I know what this represents. I know what's coming. The storm is coming. I saw a lot of people say like, oh, I'm glad to see that this trailer, the the show's going to focus actually on the war. I didn't get that sense from this. It's the part where he's standing on a fire and like a funeral pyre or whatever. Yeah, just wearing clothes and shit. I mean, there's like some scenes, but I I think by and large it's going to be probably a pretty similar distribution as last season, which means yeah, there's going to be some you know action scenes and then a lot of bullshit. And, you, and, he's, in, and he's connected to that lady who can talk to the Covenant or whatever. Forgot about that. I'm remembering stuff about this show. Let's. I can't believe that you. I could not believe you said you don't remember the woman he has sex with. Right. It's unfathomable to That's me. That's the woman who the Covenant have. That's, yeah. Right. I didn't remember that. Didn't remember which part. Any of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I truly forgot that. She's the, in, like, most of the episodes. Yeah, I don't give a shit. The show She's, was like, bad. talking to the prophets. She's, like, speaking, you know. Yeah. Okay, There's also that other character who was in, like, the whole show. And I don't remember her name either. The one she easy saves in the first episode. Don't remember her name. It's, like, Quang or something. Something fucking dumb. And that like, was unfathomable. Why Why was she? What is it? I, uh, I was telling you, like, as we were watching this, like, I'm not one of the, I'm not someone to be like, oh, fucking, they're making stuff and they don't even respect the source material, because I think that's overused, right, when people are like, oh, James Gunn doesn't respect the Suicide Squad or whatever the fuck, you know, they say it about, insert Marvel movie or Star Wars or whatever. Yeah, anything. And I don't think it's usually a super valid criticism to just be like, oh, they didn't do what I wanted, so this must mean they don't respect it kind of thing. But this is one where I'm just like... Do they have any concept of why people enjoy Halo? I would say they do not. I was really hoping they would maybe like respond to the criticism, but I think the problem is probably that this show may- maybe had like a b- so bad it's popular kind of effect here, where mm-hmm. it was so controversial and people made fun of it so much that a, a like lot of a people, Morbius, yeah, no, but Morbius still <laughs> was a bomb. <laughs> that's true, it's still bombed. Clearly, this show was successful enough at least to get another season. So I thought they greenlit the season before season one came out. I thought it was like early on, like the first couple episodes aired, and they were like, "We can do a second one of this." No, I couldn't remember because I, because th- I thought that they did it while production. And I remember seeing something with Daniel Green. It was after the first season of Wheel of Time. It was like, they couldn't have. It would be done. It would have been done before this if that was the case. Because this is going to be another two years. Yeah, well, misremembered. <laughs> like. If they had done it before, the, if they had, like, a, you know, ordered two seasons initially, they mm-hmm. would have been able to do this more quickly, I think. Or, but then again, there's also other shit that happened, but that yeah. would be my impression, is that the reason, we've talked about it, but a, a big reason a lot of these shows take so long is that they're not re- renewed for additional seasons until the first season starts airing, which means you're almost, you're basically a year behind right away, yeah. so. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't have very high hopes for this show, um... It hurts me. It's like, uh, you know, just by it's like, a thousand it's like cuts. We love time. It's yeah. just like this is a thing I like, and every season they make of this is like, I, it's delaying any possibility of them ever making a good adaptation <laughs> or ever making one. Right. Exactly. So I, I don't know. There's no way this succeed like finishes in any meaningful way. God no. I hate it. I hate everything it stands for. It stands for nothing. But now we're gonna do a show we really really like: House of the Dragon season two. Coming out this summer. Halo's coming out in February or whatever, if we even talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, House of the Dragon. Oh boy, here we go. House of the Dragon. They're doing the Dance of Dragons. Every- doing the Civil War. Everybody's gearing up. Everyone's doing all their things. <laughs> Here's all the armies and shit. Here's all the dragons. We're going to fight. So this, this this show kicks ass. I mean, this is yeah. one of the best shows we've ever watched, I think. Absolutely, for the show at least. Um, 
my I anticipate this being awesome. Oh yeah, me too. We couldn't figure out who what dragon was. There's a there's a gray dragon and on a beach. I'm sure if we went back and like we, it's it's probably one of the ones from season one, but I just don't remember. The problem is that some of their depictions in the show are different from how they're described in the books, so the colors aren't always the same and stuff. Mm-hmm. But whatever, it's one of the bigger ones. There's just dragons, man. We get big armies. Uh, we're doing some classic Game of Thrones stuff. Whole season of politicking and dragons. Now we're getting our big armies. Yeah. So you know we talked about it quite a lot as the first season was airing, but that whole <laughs> that whole season was like the equivalent of like less than a chapter in the book. Mm-hmm. So this is gonna actually get into the meat potatoes of the, the actual war. Like that was all just prelude. So yeah, it was, that was getting us to the point where the war can even start. And now and now it shall. We're, we're, we're doing civil war times. There it is, Jack. You see. It's the nerdy guy from Saltburn. That's him? Yeah. Oh. The the math one? No. You huh. know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, huh. Talk about dis- oh, oh. <laughs> What difference an eye patch and a wig will make? Right? Make you look like a scary target. I mean, we did talk, I think, even when this show came out, though, that he doesn't look like he's 20. <laughs> Not even close. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, we'll say being inbred aged him. You sure. Write that yeah. off. I mean, also, his eye gouged out. That can't help. That That can't help you. No, I, I yeah. Hopefully, we get some cool battle scenes. I don't know. People getting uh, emulated. Honestly, you know, I think it's easy to forget, but Game of Thrones doesn't actually have that many impressive battles. Um, in the early season, in particular, a lot of them are like cut, happen off screen. Yeah, there's the only was a big one of the big ones in is, season. Is the, the big battle in season one is the Whispering Wood. Yeah, that one, which is, is that... the one where Rob tricks them and captures Jamie. Mm-hmm, but that was off. The way it starts is that Tyrion gets knocked out, walks out to battle, and then he gets knocked out, and then he wakes up, and he's like, did we win? And Tywin's like, yeah, but they weren't actually here. Yeah. And then we cut to Rob having already won and captured Jamie. And, and they're all like, yeah, I heard Jamie killed like eight dudes single-handedly off screen. <laughs> yeah, it was sick. Because <laughs> then the, the other, the next battle is, isn't season two's Battle of the Blackwater? Right. That's that's like a bi- act- that is a big one. That's like an actual battle. But even that is like, <laughs> we blew up all the ships at once, and then <laughs> they we fought on the beach for a bit. We fought on the beach for a while, yeah. Fight them on the beaches. Um, and uh, obviously, any any sort of battle in this is going to have to involve just dragons burning a bunch of people. So that'll be fun. That'll be fun, yeah. and not fun. Uh, if anything, the 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 new the novel thing that this show will provide is dragons fighting each other. Oh yeah, sky so, battles, dragons incorporating into the battles. See a dragon tower from the sky, hit a bunch of guys. Crushing under the dragon weight, because in drag in uh, Game of Thrones, the dragons are just kind of like babies. You can't counter them. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say like there's nothing to stop them. So like, just the few battles that they participate in, they just burn everyone alive until they just make a million of those crossbow things. But <laughs> and then Danny forgets about uh yeah the, the, the fleet. fleet. Yeah, I know. Come on. Uh but yeah, uh, love this show. This would be sick. That'll be a good time. Again, it's like there's not really much to this trailer. I, I wouldn't say. I mean, it's, it's also a teaser trailer, but it's like yeah. They're all here and they're doing the war. I mean, what do you? I mean, yeah. what else you need? You watched though, last right? season. I know you did. Everybody watched last season. What do you need? There's not really any. Yeah, it's, yeah. it does. It's, it's completely sufficient, I would say. So, yeah. So then, finally, the dragon. We have the Fallout trailer. So Amazon Prime's Fallout. Uh, Jonathan Nolan, Lisa Joy, the the you know creators behind Westworld and the Peripheral shows we enjoy. Some 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 of the you know better like sci-fi shows. Uh, that exist at the moment so like there's precedent i guess um i guess people wouldn't necessarily know but fallout is like yeah i would say it's i would have to say it's my all-time favorite 
video game franchise that exists. So probably, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I don't really want to have to put that fine a point on it, right? Mm-hmm. But gun to my head, I guess I'd say Fallout. So it's, it's, you know, it's a toss-up. It depends on my mood. But it's between, like, Fallout, Assassin's Creed, Halo, probably. Probably in that order, though, if I'm being honest. In terms of, like, you know, story and, and, and world and everything. So Fallout has a super, super complex, interesting world, I would say, right? Mm. You know, there's the whole layer of, like... Obviously, the the general kind of idea of it is, like, post-apocalypse, right? We did a nuke, We did a Fallout. We did a Fallout. But also, the thing that, like, isn't necessarily immediately apparent is that... It's also, it's not like our world or even like the past of our world or anything that it wasn't like they dropped nukes in the Cold War or something. It's, they dropped nukes in 2077 in a timeline that was already massively diverging from ours. Hmm. Like there's a lot of layers to it. Like it's like basically in like the 1950s, the fall timeline diverged from ours so that their 2020 wouldn't look like our 2020 anyways. Kind of they thing, have right? like robots in 1950. Right. Kind of like the creator. Um, they don't in 1950. The thing is that their 2077 looks like it's still the 50s. Oh, okay. That's the thing. Is so that's again. There's all these layers there. It's like they they diverged from us in the past, but then also overtook us. So now it's into the future. That you know, decades in the future, but it's a timeline where they didn't come up with capacitors or something. It's mm-hmm. like some weird piece of so like they they had a very hard time like making microprocessors and and miniaturizing anything, right? They don't have cell phones or, like, laptop computers and shit. But, yeah, they have, like, robots in ad- atomic-powered cars and, ad- and power armor. But everyone still dresses like a 1950s housewife and shit. It's, it's, and that's all just in the past, right? Yeah. And then the nukes happen, and now it's hundreds of years in the future, and there's, you know, irradiated monsters and... The vault people. The, the vaults. Yeah, the vaults are their own, like, breed of, like... You know, that that's one of the unique parts of the Fallout universe for sure, right? The distinguishes from just like, oh, fucking, you know, Apocalypse. It's like this their particular brand of weird psychological horror kind of elements. And that's what I was saying to you, right? Is that Fallout has kind of elements of anything and everything at different points, right? Mm-hmm. You know, obviously like New Vegas leans heavily more into like the Western kind of ideas of it. And, you know, Fallout 4 has like the, the AI artificial human angle of it and there's like you know horror elements where it's like weird lovecraftian monsters or like weird serial killer stuff from before the war all kind of shit like that and uh one of the things i got from this first teaser trailer was well not all of that (laughs) Um, which is uh, admittedly like that's a hard bar high bar to set right but i would say one of my biggest concerns about this show is it falling into just a more generic post-apocalypse kind of setting Mm -hmm. just with the fallout aesthetics and not necessarily the fallout ideas ideas i don't know that would be my concern basically and i would say this trailer is more the former and not the latter because it's just kind of like grim and gritty and look at them it's a wasteland and i'm gotta survive which again is very much a component of fallout right Mm -hmm. this arc here of i'm a vault dweller and i have to survive in the real world is the plot of like half the games yeah um but i mean for that also for that reason it's like is this bringing anything new right yeah um and there's some stuff lore wise that is uh, dubious dubious for me so without getting too much in the nitty-gritty which i'm sure we will when this show actually comes out this is um 
supposed to be in the same universe. Like, this is one of those things where this is not a, you know, retelling. It's like, this is just a different story that exists within the same timeline of the timeline games. Timeline as the games, which is something I enjoy and probably prefer whenever they can pull it off, right? Mm. You know, the Assassin's Creed movie, for all its faults, um, it did that, which is kind of neat, right? Yeah. They didn't, like, we're going to retell Assassin's Creed 2. It's like, well, we'll just tell a story about a different assassin like we do with every game like yeah. why wouldn't you kind of thing and th- and that makes sense for a game for a world like this where it's like well each fallout game is a new character there's no real continuity between them why wouldn't you just do that but this now takes place late you know as late in the timeline as anything has um and it takes place in the west coast which was the original kind of fallout setting for fallout one and two uh it's the bethesda games right three four and to a lesser extent new vegas i have all kind of departed from that Mm. um and basically since the you know bethesda uh era of fallout right which is you know what 15 years now um but there has been certain elements of the world that they have latched onto that weren't necessarily as important in the early games like namely the brotherhood of steel right so Mm -hmm. those are the dudes who are always in the power armor um and it's obviously power armor is definitely one of the big like standout features of it yeah it's a big iconic you know aesthetic like symbol of the games for sure but i think that bethesda has maybe taken it too far in some respects um and there's a lot of weird retconning and stuff they've done in order to fit the brotherhood of seal into pretty much every into all the games they've done thus far when that maybe shouldn't be the case right Mm -hmm. and this is a really good example of this because this idea of like showing the brotherhood of steel being in force in this region in the fallout universe doesn't really that doesn't necessarily work Right. Because of, like, again, I, I mean, I don't need to get into nitty gritty, but they shouldn't be there. And and what's more is it's not even just like, oh, you know, the Brotherhood shouldn't be here because of lore reasons. But also, I think they've forgotten what the Brotherhood is, which is that in the first games, they're not like a heroic faction necessarily, right? Mm. As much as there is, really, there shouldn't really be any. Um, and Fallout 4 does do this, I would say, for the most part. In Fallout 3, they're just the good guys. In yeah. Fallout 4, they're definitely more antagonistic, morally gray. Uh, but I mean the whole, you know, the whole thing, right? War never changes, kind of thing. Yeah. So like, you you can't just have a faction be like, oh, we're the good guys. Um, and I, I don't, I mean, we don't know enough about this show to make any hard and fast, yeah, make any judgments about that one way or the other. But I am just kind of like, and again, I love these games and, and the whole world, but I'm sick of seeing them. Like, why did they 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 aren't Fallout, right? Yeah. They aren't the protagonists. They never have been. They don't need to be like. Everything. This mainstay that you have to work into. Like, the most egregious one is 76, where they worked them in in defiance of all of the lore. Like, because that game actually takes place earliest on the timeline. Mm. Reasons. And they, like, basically worked the Brotherhood of Steel into it before they should have existed. And on the other side of the country, no less. Which, you know, in the Fallout universe is a much bigger deal than it is today. Yeah, because you have to cross a wasteland. So, without getting all that, I am dubious of that again I, I understand why it is they would put because you need the power armor and you want the vertebrates and everything yeah like they again i get it that it's like very iconic but i don't know i am also dubious of it because it's i don't think you made them in there i think honestly i almost feel like that does actually contribute to it being more generic because their insistence on putting them into everything has kind of like has like softened all those edges and made them less interesting yeah in in taking them from like yeah, they're kind of weird, like, techno-fascists, and they have a lot of real questionable uh, ethos going on here, into just, at the point of, by the time you get to, like, Fallout 3 and stuff, 
they've kind of just ironed all those uh, whatever creases out. They've softened all those edges to just be like, actually, we don't really care about that stuff. We're just trying to help people. And We're just like, having a good time. Can't we like, all get along? It's not really anything. So, no. but I don't know. Um, I think it looks good. I do think it looks good. That's what I was gonna say. If we actually focus more on the content of the trailer, I guess looks cool. Uh, Walter Goggins is in it. Yeah, Balton he's guy. he's a, uh, a ghoul, which is fun. Um, I, you know, I think we can see even from this trailer, like oh, the the scene of all those bombs going off is him in the past, and then he's gonna have like a tragic backstory, I'm sure, because he has like a little girl in that, and I'm sure she's dead, and he's not, and he's a ghoul now, and he's lived for over 200 years, and existence is hell. His body hurts. His body would hurt. It wouldn't hurt me, though. I'd be built different. Even that is kind of, like, um, representative of what I mean, though, right? Mm. Like, the concept of ghouls are simultaneously ridiculous and also, like, can be used to really, like, kind of interesting story ends of, like, oh, like, what is existence and do I want to keep living? And I've lived longer than any human ever should. My body is falling apart, but I don't want to... Still cling to life. I have too many memories. What does this mean? I should. No one should remember two hundred years of existence. But it's also like inherently pulpy and and yeah. ridiculous that enough radiation would turn you into like a zombie, <laughs> right? Like that's yeah. nothing. So that and that to me is Fallout. So I mean that's cool. Making a making a ghoul one of the main characters I think is definitely a uh, gets a plus in my book. Yeah. Um, Lucy is our main character here. She's a vault dweller. Again, like, that's kind of... I don't know why there's a cyclops in the vault. I'm interested to see what that is. That might be part of it, uh, maybe. Maybe that's their experiment. Because, you know, all the vaults have different things going on. Yeah. There has to be something uh, about the fact that their vault is still closed. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because most... They're not supposed to stay closed for 200 years. They're supposed to once the radiation goes away. Yeah, like, whenever it's livable. Which... Although some of them were set up for that exact reason. It's a whole thing. But basically, most of the vaults were not genuine um, shelters. They're just experiments. They were experiments, like weird human experiments. Um, some of them were, like a couple of them were controls that were just good ones, but most of them were not. They were all like, what What weird shit can we do to a bunch of people trapped in a room? <laughs> and they have to, and they can't for leave. all time. Yeah. <laughs> or for hundred years. decades at least, right? Yeah. There's was like, you know, what if we trapped one man and 200 women or vice versa or 20 people and a tiger? <laughs> Those are some of the more like simple ones, but it'll be like, what if we fill one vault with entirely with people who are addicts and we don't give them any drugs, but we give them all coffee? <laughs> just goofy stuff like that. Just just for fun. Even though the people who made them die before they can even use any of this insane data that would would seem that's the, the that was always the funny thing to me, is yeah. like you won't the, the experiments only happen if nuclear war happens. In which case, what what use is the is the data, Vault Tech? Yeah, <laughs> maniacs. Who's going to be alive to remember? Nobody. Yeah. Turns out, not a damn person. Yeah, which is part of the obviously part of it. That's like this was then this was never going to be anything, and they just did this because they were insane. But so we'll do that. I'm sure people are going to be super normal about the fact that the main character is a woman. Don't you? I don't know why you even bring it up, but <laughs> it's just a what's wrong with the woman being the main? Right. It it it, it warrants no comments. I don't think. Yeah. And I'm sure everyone else feels that way. Wait, when does this show come out? I think March. It's got. I, I need to know for my joke. Okay. Can't wait for April 12th for me to go. And Twitter's awful. You'd be like, all right, Jay, let me read a couple takes for you. <laughs> women bad. I hate women. By Elon Musk. Fallout woke? Question mark. <laughs> woke broke. Fallout gone woke gone broke. God, I've I've already seen. Like you don't even need it. You've already seen it. You can see it in my eye. Unfat- it's it's. I say this all the time, and somehow the world still manages to disappoint you. 
Doesn't it just, Jack? Oh, and the 12th is a Friday, so the next day after it comes out, we'll be recording. Doesn't it just somehow still find five ways to just disappoint you? Oh, yeah. How do they do it? Like, how do they do it every time? And they do it in new ways. And I, you know what? For creativity alone, I can applaud them. The problem is, like, this has, is, has itself become, like, a, like, rote and, and kind of, like, trite to be, like, media literacy, but, jeez. Media literacy. When the problem is now, people will say that for anything as well. Yeah. They'll be like, you didn't like this movie. No media literacy. Plus L plus ratio. <laughs> bozo. It's, it's, like, not always great. But that's another one where I'm like, if you're going to be like, oh, it's a bit woke that they made a woman the main character. First of all, it's Fallout. There is, the main character isn't male or woman. Never, ever. Ma- yeah. Male or female, I guess. Actually. It's never has been. Uh, it's a game where you make them it's up. It's an RPG. Literally, you make them up every single time. I don't even. I truly don't believe there is like any canonical interpretation either way of whether the protagonist of any one of the games is male or female, except maybe the first one. But even then, um, like the, the they're not known by any names. Mm-hmm. It's always like the the first one's the vault dweller, the second one's the chosen one, the third one's the lone wanderer, so so on and so forth. There is no nothing. So I I don't know. And again, to to take a series like Fallout, which is Again, like I've already gotten into a bit, right? Yeah. Sat, it's like steeped in satire. The whole like, thing is like a parody of you know the, the Cold f- War and capitalism and yeah, what if we did the fifties for like a hundred years, right? But it's and it's like uh, you know on the outside it seems beautiful, but the whole thing is rotten to its core. Mm-hmm. The again the tagline for the series is "War never changes," and, and you know con- contrary to popular belief, war a, a political thing usually. <laughs> yeah. Good thing they how, can you, how can you possibly think a s- series about how the world is destroyed by nuclear warfare? Nuclear warfare is like just a bit goofy and fun. But they put a woman. I can't even believe it. I do wonder sometimes, though, um, not to get too like in the weeds, tinfoil hatty about it. Okay, but I do wonder if at this point, because everyone has to know. Because if you and I know, right, the people who make stuff have to know that people are going to say this stuff. That people are going to say this stuff. Do you think? Th- do you think any part of it is done for engagement? I think because they know if they make the Little Mermaid black, that'll cause it. It will become this thing that people then debate about. I don't want to say yes because it's. I don't like that. I don't like that, that being the answer. But I don't think it's lost on them <laughs> to be the, as terrible as I can possibly be. It's not lost on them, right? And to be incredibly cynical, I think they do it on purpose <laughs> to be like, if we make the Little Mermaid black, then like it'll get more eyes. You'll have a bunch of people who write a million articles making fun of it but it, they've still written a million articles yeah you're still have, talking about it and you'll have a bunch of people who now make it a, a political statement to go see our movie right you have people arguing that like if you're not a, if you're a good person you'll go see the little mermaid as if anyone actually cared mm-hmm. beforehand right because nobody saw the new pinocchio one with tom hanks i forgot that exactly. one came out no one saw dumbo with fucking danny devito danny devito did they no it's the same kind of thing apparently bill burr walked out of the dumbo movie <laughs> good for him he had his daughter. It wasn't just him. They were just watching the movie. So. <laughs> he dragged his daughter. No, we're not watching this. I hate it's this. Bad. But yeah, I love Fallout. Um, I'm I'm gonna really like geek out about it. But again, the thing is, is it's very distinct from something like The Last of Us, which is just a serious, straight up character drama that takes place in a broken, sad world. This one's well, got, it's a got a lot more to it. This one's got some fun power armor. Yeah. And, and again, bo- I'm not saying it needs to be fun all the time or anything. I'm just saying. I would like that to be folded in because if it's if it takes itself a little too seriously, I feel like it's lost some of the charm. Some of the charm for sure. Again, I'm not saying it needs to fold in the fucking alien invaders and the eldritch horrors and the fucking synths and I'm not saying it needs to have all of that, but I think it should have 
Something. Something. And that's all we can really ask for. If it's if it's just like if this whole thing is as you know upright as like Westworld, I think that would be a mistake. Mm. Even if it even if it's a good piece of sci-fi storytelling, I think that would be a disservice to the world. But well, you know, it all remains to be seen. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, so which was those? the most cast trailer, Jay? Which was the most trash? Oh, the most cast trailer. Ooh, that's House of the mm, House of the Dragon, because a good amount of these were just teasers and first looks. I'd say probably House of the Dragon I like the most, and then Halo's the first fucking one. I think I gotta agree. And the I think only, out of the new stuff, that's true. Those are both just returning. Yeah. So, so out of the our, new, our perceptions of those are definitely just colored by well, season one of Halo was very bad, and, and season, season one, one of the Dragon I love the one that we liked the most. At least out of the new ones, I'd say hmm, probably probably Fallout. I don't know. I think that one. I think that one. Cause I think that one's most interesting. Furiosa is probably close. Mm-hmm. They're both pretty interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I, 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 I'd, I'd edge Fallout out. That's another. I should, I should have said that too. Mad Max is also definitely an influence on. Oh yeah, Fallout for sure. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Excellent. I think the most trash then is if we're again if we're gonna do just the new ones is probably the Godzilla. Yeah, one, and that's but yeah, yeah. overall out. pretty interesting crop of trailers here. A lot of st- we'll, we'll look at. We'll have uh, plenty of shows to be watching next year, yeah. huh? Thank God. As if there's any doubt. <laughs> God, we we're really hoping. Media. More, I mean, content. I don't know. Marvel's really peeling it back. Like I said, we, we've, we've definitely slowly but surely, like, switched. There was a, you know, for a while there, it was just like, we would come on here and we'd just talk about Marvel's. Marvel movies and shows every week. And Star Wars stuff. Yeah. And now it's like, you look at this. We're year, like, we've uh, seen uh, what's million? coming out? Dream scenario? Ah, oh, fuck it. I guess we'll do that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, we've definitely brought in our horizons this past year, I think, which is good. And God bless us. But I think it's only been a positive thing. I think so too. Uh, oh, oh, we missed the Ted trailer. Ah, uh, we sh- should we have watched the Ted trailer? Oh God, no! <laughs> God, no! I didn't realize until just a second that it it uh, appears that it's a Ted prequel, but Ted's uh, you know their high school days. So I don't know. Guess they couldn't get Mac Mark Wahlberg. Huh? Mac Wahlberg. <laughs> Mac Wahlberg. <laughs> That's completely unintentional. It's but, just a Freudian slip. Parked the guy and I would yad. So I guess he, the, I attacked a minority. Although I guess Mark Wahlberg's not the draw, is it? It's Seth yes. MacFarlane as a foul-talking teddy bear, right? So yeah. you you can you can have anyone else, basically, right? Some weird goober-looking kid. Mm-hmm. All right, well, well, I can take out of that into our final topic and second movie of the day, Saltburn, the newest film by um, what's her face, Emerald Emerald, Emerald Jemson. No, no, it'd be fun if that was her name. You've really put me on the spot. You've done that thing where if you just hadn't said anything, I would have had it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, look, I was at it all teed up, and then Jack's like, what's her name? And I was like, I don't know. I've never, I've like, never known. I've turned and looked to you. Tell me. Speak to me, the ancient odes. I'll get it first. I'll get it before you. I'll get it right now. And her name is Emerald Fennel. You've done it. Uh, starring Barry Irishman. Barry Colgan. Jo- Jacob Allori. Allori. Rosemond Pike, uh, the guy from Forza. Forza. For- oh, yeah. Yeah, the guy from uh, Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo. Um, what different roles for him this year, huh? Yeah. Night and day, I'd say. I would say so, too. And that's also, acting, um, isn't it? Isn't it just? Isn't it just? Isn't that just acting? Don't you love the cinema? I do. Uh, Hugh Grant's in it. He is. No, he's not. Wait. <laughs> isn't he? No, I don't think Hugh Grant's in it. Are you talking about the oh, dad? Yeah. The dad's on Hugh Grant. Or maybe I always do this. I do this all the time, Jack. Oh, no. <laughs> you think every Englishman is a oh, Hugh Grant? No, don't. No, it's not. It's like Richard the, E. Grant. I was going to say he's a Grant. It's, I always just get it wrong. It's Richard Grant, not Hugh Grant. I've done that before on this show. I'm certain of it. Anywho, 
so Saltburn. It's um, I would say this is a big movie, like big spoiler things. So Spoilers. unlike Napoleon, which is like it's Napoleon, this is a little, so. If you don't want be, it, be warned. Go see. I mean, I would say we we would both say it's worth seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, see it or don't. And if you, I don't give a shit, yeah, we don't give a shit. If you if you've listened this far, we've already got your download. So like I said, we would both say it's worth seeing. I think for sure, right? Yeah, without getting spoiled. But um, yeah. So we'll get into the nitty gritty. I don't I don't care to dance around it. So no, this movie is about Barry Cogan being so gay he lied. Something like that. Something like that. That's, that's listen. That's what they tell me. <laughs> that's what we'll they tell. We'll but. What it basically is is that he's he's a poor boy. He goes to Oxford. Also at Oxford, he's a classmate who's very rich, and he becomes kind of infatuated with this guy, and he wants to be friends with him. And this culminates in him being like, "Hey, come stay with us for the summer at my literal, you know, palatial estate. I'm literally heir to a lordship." And then you know, hijinks ensue. So, well, hijinks is one way to say it. Hijinks is an understatement, I suppose. And as it <laughs> shenanigans, and it's tomfoolery, and and you know, it's things become sinister, and it's like I would say the trailers for these movies, right, conveyed like, oh, what are they doing to Barry Cogan, kind of thing, right? Yeah, like what's what sinister things does this rich family have afoot at their scary, yeah. intoxicating mansion? Um, turns out, Colin come from inside the house, inside the Barry. So now, so how do you feel about that? The twist of it all. What? 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 Do you see this coming? Did you? I did not see this coming. Really? Not um, even a little. Like, at, at what point would you? Say, I mean, you obviously were clued in before the end of the movie, right? I well, mean, yes, I think about halfway. I would say once he starts acting weird is when you're. Yeah. Right? No. Well, yeah. Once he starts getting weirdly like, once the bathtub scene happens, I'm like, well, something's afoot. Okay. He's clearly up to something. Right. Sure. My thing was kind of like I didn't expect it to ever just be that because. The trailer seems to kind of convey like, oh, to me, I was like, well, that's too easy, right? To just be like, these rich people are a you know, weird sex cult. That's what I thought. I was trying like, oh, this is just going to be like, because they mentioned the trailer, like, oh, the last friend he brought here. I was like, exactly. oh, well, so they the, killed yes. him. And throughout the movie, there's even the weird. So that's all very intentional. But I think I I was kind of like, I feel like there has to be another wrinkle to it. And, and there was. There was. So the long and short of it is that Barry Cogan was manipulating them the whole time. Yeah. All the way back to the first time he meets this guy. It turns out he's been just lying through his teeth yeah. about his, his whole life and who he is and what he's like to get closer to him. And then once he gets to the Saltburn. Saltburn for the summer, he starts manipulating each one of the family members, basically, until he's... Well, the last man again, standing. The long and short of it is he orchestrates pretty much all of their deaths. Or, or removals. In one way or another, until he literally becomes heir to Saltburn and takes it for himself. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's all driven through, like, I don't know, I guess part, I guess it's mostly just ambition, greed kind of component, but there's also, yeah, a weird, like, some level of attraction that he has. Some, for, like, weird, deviant sexual fantasy about yeah. it? Yeah. It's, he fucks, well, he fucks one of their graves. I'm, we're gonna put it, I'm gonna put it around the table. He fucks, like, he fucks Jacob Delory's grave. He does, he, and, he, and he does that. For all, they don't cut away, they does it for the whole He thing. also has uh, myriad sexual experiences with... Several of his family members, though. It's, so. it's pretty awful. The scene with the blood is horrible. Is it? Is it really, though? Like, here's... Okay, so gross. here's something about this... Ah, here's something about this movie. Is there's been tons of people, and this is like... A, for some reason, this is one of the more divisive movies I think we've talked about all year long. In terms of... People cannot agree whether it's the worst movie they've ever seen or the best movie they've ever seen. And whether it's the most deviant, horrible thing they've ever seen. Or whether it's just another Tuesday, right? Right. So, you know, as with anything on the internet, certain... Reactions of any extreme are going to inspire reactions 
to exactly the opposite because no one ever wants to agree on the internet because that's no that's no fun. That doesn't get clicks. It's fucking dumb to agree, isn't it? Yeah. When we could argue. What is a discussion board post? <laughs> what do I look like? So I saw lots of stuff going into this of like, oh my god, this is one of the craziest movies I've ever seen, right? And then there's also people who saw it and then were like, uh, this is nothing. And of course, as we often say in this show, I mean, it's somewhere in the middle. I would, I would agree. It obviously is weirder than the average movie. I Anyone would, who's going to see this and be like, oh, I don't know, you got to see more movies if you think this is a crazy movie. I've seen some crazy movies. And it's like, yeah. I watched the Serbian film. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, it's not the Serbian it's film. It's not Cannibal Holocaust. Okay. You goddamn lunatics. But come on. It's obviously a pretty fucked up movie. In a lot, by, by most people's standards, there's weirder shit in this than you're going to see in 99% of other films. Yeah, this right? ain't happening in the Minions, I'll tell you that much for sure. But also, yes, this isn't the most, like, you know, grotesque, crazy, the simply a look into my twisted mind. Yeah, I would say that Most people would simply go insane. <laughs> like, no, it's not that either. Instead of there are two wolves. Uh, I would say that it, even though I did see the, per- the period blood and the scene was gross, I would say it's not... Any grosser than I would have expected, because yeah. it, because it comes right off the tub scene. So I'm like, well, okay, if you're doing like he drinks the cum tub water, I mean blood. I mean you're gonna do something with blood eventually, reasonably. Also, my thing with that scene in particular is it's almost it's almost too much. This movie at points is almost too like it it it, it, pa- it passes it goes over the yeah. hump of being like I'm disturbed to be like, well, this is just I think it's trying too hard. Mm, okay, and I think that's where you get people being like, oh, is it even that's because I I and you know, I kind of can see that point of view right mm-hmm. where it's like wouldn't it be fucked up if he ate her out but she was on her period well can you even holy shit and it's like yeah man i guess like yeah people do that people do that in real life do that yeah like come the fuck on that's not a little bit iron <laughs> <laughs> and the, to, to have the if anything there was like a there's probably too much right i mean it all is going to depend on any you know any kind of predilection pred- time of day and you know, listen there's factors involved here okay yeah. But to have the, like when you have the shot of him in the bathtub and he's literally it's like all run down his face like he is and, and not even it's, it it has all the subtlety of a fucking hammer at that point because he literally is like he tells her I'm like lucky for you I'm a vampire that vampire line was horrible and then he's and now there's blood down his chin and he's thinking he's, he's symbolically a vampire in the movie isn't he and I'm yeah. like thanks I get it thank you Emerald I really masterful <laughs> well done like wait you know what I, do you know what i mean like no, at that yeah, point no. i'm like well it's almost gone we've gone beyond the pale yeah. i feel like this movie does that a couple times um throughout where it's like it starts talking down to you it's like it, it'll it'll set something up but it doesn't trust you to get there and it'll be like and here so it just come on. until it's like yeah i, I feel insulted kind of rubs your nose in it yeah, exactly i feel frankly insulted where i'm like yeah i got it if you didn't think i was gonna get it maybe you should have done it differently but don't do it one way, and then be like, I don't think they got it. I got right, it. We gotta do it a different way. And then just do it three more times until I'm like, Yeah, I, I get it. I'm, I'm watching it. Uh, movies in uh, three by four ratio, which I liked. I think technically this movie excellent. Yeah, I thought it the looks colors great. were very bright and it and looks so, nice. Yes, very, very well done. But overall, by the end, the plot goes off the rails in a big way. I would say into just yeah, kind of goofy almost territory. Frankly, yeah. I, I did like the detail, though, um, looking back, because there's a point when, obviously, things hit the fan when, uh, what's Jacob Allure's character's name? Felix. Felix. When Felix drives, what's the other guy's name? What's Oliver. Oliver, thank you. Sorry, I can't remember these people's fucking name. I keep mixing up their actor, their real life names with mm-hmm. their character names. First birthday, he's like, oh, Oliver, I'll take you to visit your, to what the audience and Felix understand is his, like, a- an addict mom, his addict mom called him, quote unquote, 
And he's like, oh, your mom wanted to see you on your birthday. So I'm going to take you there as like a surprise because I'm trying to be a, a good person. I'm not like a shitty rich kid. I'm trying to be nice. And he starts freaking out. And then it's revealed that, oh, actually, uh, he lives a normal life in like Liverpool or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. And like now that his father's not dead, which was believed. Um, and then earlier in the movie, when he when his father dies, he te- he gets learned about the the stone ritual that comes up later, and he tries to throw the stone in the river, and that doesn't go into the water. So I think that's a fun little like, oh, he's not dead. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was a fun little detail. Yeah, yeah. Also, why that he just steals them out of the river? That's just <laughs> yeah, it's out of the weird lake. I the thing that I came away, and I, a lot of people did from this movie, is what what, what is it trying to say? <laughs> I saw someone on Letterboxd who really hated this movie be like, this is just like all about how like, oh, Rich, don't trust the poor. They're out to destroy you and everything you love. Which it kind of, I mean. Just Isn't this, it kind of though? A little bit. That's kind of the thing is like. They don't understand. It's like. um, Basically, like. Well, I don't know. It's a, it's not it's not quite that clear cut, right? Because I, I would say it presents most of the rich characters. Or, yeah, most of them. um, As being vapid and self absorbed and generally kind of shitty right mm-hmm. most of them uh farley in particular is really kind of an asshole he's the worst of them because he comes from that but also has the whole inferiority complex about it yeah and so he's the worst to everyone oliver and other others um but the mother's pretty rosamund pike by the way my favorite part of the whole movie she's hilarious in this she is she is the best dialogue by like a mile because she's just a uh, caricature of a, like a, a rich a, la- lady rich self-absorbed lady super fun loved love that love her uh but obviously for those same reasons she's kind of terrible as a person oh yeah uh his sister's kind of crazy the only one of them who's just kind of just by the end all, all from what all we can gather pretty much just a stand-up decent guy is felix and that's interesting i guess there again like mm. I, there is something about like oh look at this was a subversion right the rich kid was just, he really was just a good, nice guy the whole time. He just wanted to help his friend. Even when the that other shoe drops and he realizes, like, what's happened and that he's been deceived in that way, he still is pretty cool about it. He doesn't tell anyone else. He's better than you could probably expect, right? Mm. He doesn't immediately kick him out of his house. He doesn't immediately kick him out. He doesn't tell his family. Like, he's going along with it even as he's, you know, the whole treachery of it all is being laid you know, completely bare in front of him. He's just like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, no, he didn't mention that. I must have forgot. Ha ha. Like, a, a situation that most people would find very, <laughs> very insane, right? Yeah. Even then, he's, like, being cool about it. But, yeah, ultimately, what does that mean? This whole subversion that, like, yeah, the the rich guy is actually just decent, and the normal guy is a, you know, crazy psycho. Where, like, what am I, what am I meant to take from this mm-hmm. as a film? You know what I mean? And there's yeah. people who are, like, the movie wasn't trying to t- be about class issues, right? And so that's a fair unfair thing to judge it by to say well why is this movie you know why is nice to rich mean to poor because that's not what the story they wanted to tell yeah and i can agree with that to an extent right that's the thing i say on this show a lot is like you can't really judge stuff for what it doesn't tell you isn't yeah what it isn't trying to be yeah so i get that but but with this in particular they made the conscious decision to yes maybe the central like idea or theme or whatever isn't about class but the mechanism of it all is very much around class right yeah so i i don't think you can really separate and be like well this isn't trying to make a statement on you know class differences and and everything because it kind of does anyways i I mean 
Archie does that whole speech at his birthday. That that one is the most clear. Like this, is, I mean, at least it's doing something with class. Because those people are like, this is a dream to you, but this is like you, like we said, people's opinion. This is just Tuesday. Like this is just how I live. I was never your plan to get rid of me. Never works because I'm already part of the this world, and you're just a visitor. Like you're gonna go home, and you'll never have this again. And I will live this way the rest of my life. And so it seems like that where you're like, I guess the movie wants you to sympathize or understand where Ali is coming from to a certain mm-hmm. extent, right? But obviously he goes too far, I would say most people would agree, right? Yeah. I don't know. And it's like, again, th- this is the way they frame the whole thing, right? Because they've said it's like, oh, it's not about, it's about desire, right? That's what the theme of it is, is that he has this desire and it, you know, salt burn is this intoxicating thing and, and it drives him to do all this craziness. And yeah. But again, it's still presented as he's a rich person or a whatever. He's not, again, he's ultimately, he's not like that poor, but yeah, he's a whatever working class kind of person compared to them. He's certainly much poorer and he is desiring after their, you know, Fortune. all their material wealth. And he, you know, goes crazy and basically kills them over it. And so it's like, what, again, I get it. That it's like, oh, this isn't about class and stuff, but it's also it's kind of is like they've made it about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I find that whole oh, a little bit hard to like partially wrap my head around. Yeah, parse out. Yeah, I'd say I agree. But yeah, again, it's definitely beautiful. I I'll give it that. I think the performances are pretty good. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, it's been weirdly polarizing. There is some. There are some takes here. I don't know. I've, I've saved a bunch. I don't know if I'll be able to get through them all here. Get through a couple. Get through the best. Run through one. some of them. Uh. This guy says, Saltburn, a perverse character study that enjoys pushing the audience's buttons past the point of no return. The cast, unreal. Production, heavenly. I laughed. I was horrified, but mostly I was just happy to see this kind of big swing taken. And I think I can disagree with that. People always want movies kind of like this that do a lot of interesting things, visually Uh, and otherwise. Yeah. Again, production-wise, looks really great. Again, story-wise, I don't don't know. It's weird. It's definitely like a discrepancy at points where it's like, writing and the presentation like the ending montage to me was a bit beyond the pale like and you're just again you're hitting me over the head with this like there you've taken all of the subtlety out of it on any of the to me a lot of the interest out of this because i was ready to be like you know get on here and be like oh jack so do you think he did it or not or like what i honestly and i saw someone say exactly this i thought it was going to end with him fucking the crave yeah that very much felt i was like okay is this the final scene and then it just keeps going and it everything gets explained verbatim to you and he's dancing naked with all their stones on like the weird which is also a i suppose a good scene to end it on i was like okay i get this there's there's something to this here and again i've seen a lot of people say that like the movie does the way it's presented right said it you are supposed to you know ollie is very much still the protagonist even though he does all these terrible things and the the rest are not and i get that to an extent like the way that the um like the way that the the scene is when when he returns home, right? The way that that's done is like <laughs> you're kind of feeling the anxiety stuff alongside Ali. You're not like in the position of Felix, Felix being like you know indignant and angry about it. You're more him, and you're like the way that's all presented is that you want them to just kind of like, hey, leave him alone, like stop, just take him home, kind of thing, like get him out of this awkward situation. And I and I get that to an extent, but I also, I mean, here's the thing too: you have to understand is that Emerald Fennel is like a jewelry heiress. Uh, she went to Oxford, oh. and she would be much closer to Felix than she would be to Ollie. Ollie, hmm, not a great look. Well, so that's something, right? Like you can't you can't. It's not nothing. Separa- that's for right? sure. Don't you think? Yeah, 
Um, there's an article in Variety, the review of it, I guess, or whenever it's in. Saltburn's critics are right. The film is gorgeous, but it whitewashes the ugliness of the upper class. Um, and again, I don't think it completely is like all of the rich people are unproblematic and the poor people are just psychos. Mm-hmm. Because again, they're all like vapid and kind of terrible in their own ways. Loathful. It is still very much like, well, at the end of the day, I guess they're the victims and he's the bad guy, right? And he's, he's taking all their money. And, you know, literally kills them. And the interesting thing about this is that the guy who wrote this, uh, the review of Variety, uh, went to school with Emerald Funnel oh. in Oxford where he was like a scholarship student, <laughs> I think. I don't know. I, maybe I fell in that part in. But because the, there's been people being like, why, why is this a period piece, right? Why is this set in 2006? Yeah. Doesn't do. Ultimately, there's no... What? He's the class of 2006. No, they do it differently. They do it differently? Yes, this is, this is the whole thing. This has already been litigated. <laughs> oh. In... Unless it's just a coincidence that they went to school in 2006 and this movie is also 2006. But they, I was reading that in England they do it like that's the incoming class. Oh. So, they're, I guess they're what we would consider the class of 2010, I guess, or whatever. I hate the English. Or I guess the class of 2009? That'd be 2009 because you would count six as one. But, uh, yes. Yeah, so. Well, carry I on. Mean, the article literally starts with, in 2006, I was an English major at Oxford alongside Saltburn director Emerald Fennel. So there you go, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I again, that's all kind of a layer to this. Like clearly, the reason it's a period piece is because that's exactly when she went to school and wanted to make it that. Yeah, I you know what what, what am I meant to do with that? Right, that's gotta be that's gotta be something. It doesn't seem to serve any purpose to the story other than her being like, "This is me. This is my life," or an approximation of it. I. Uh, and then for some reason, there's a bunch of people being like, you know, there's too much saltburn hate. Emerald Fennel's the most disrespected director ever. <laughs> Why are they like this? Um, yeah, this person says, I want you to know that you don't need to defend her or say she's the most disrespected director when there are other directors who are treated far worse and have far more to lose. Fennel is an Oscar winner and jewelry heiress. She's going to be fine. Uh, this person said, saltburn getting rave reviews with people whose taste I trust the absolute least. Theater kids who try to write Melbourne versions of Fleabag every few months. <laughs> I don't get all that, but I get the spirit of I, it. I get the spirit of it people who people you hate who have no right talking about the things that you like uh this guy says saltburn wants to be iconoclastic and shocking and at times it is but it ultimately feels like a cautionary tale rich people would tell their kids to warn them against reaching out and interacting with those beneath them another misjudged takedown from fennel so i haven't seen promising young woman Me neither but the one thing i've gleaned from the discourse about Saltburn is that the reaction's kind of the same. And that some people are like, it's my favorite movie, and some people are like, it's the worst movie ever. It's funny how many takes I've seen being like, you know, this is way better than Promising Young Woman, or this is way worse than Promising <laughs> Yeah. So again, there's just not a lot of consensus, I suppose. Everybody's all over the map. This guy's like us. You ready? Yeah. Enlightened centrist. Can Saltburn just... Oh, sorry. Can truly nothing just be fine anymore? Saltburn is fine. Does it have a fun camp? Yeah. Is the pacing off? Yes. Is it well made? Yes. Are the stakes unclear? Yes. Like, y'all are arguing whether it's a masterpiece or the worst thing ever made. It could just be neither. That's how I feel. God. And let me tell you, this fence, very comfortable to sit on. Isn't it just? And I, and I, and at this point, we've got a nice groove yeah. that we've really, you know, worn in. Worn in for ourselves. Sometimes people get a little too close to the fence and start, trying, start taking the fence down. I go, no, no, no. This is my fence. I, I'm staying on it, and you stay on your side. Uh, this person says, in this weird spot where every single negative comment about Saltburn is spot on and, like, every single narrative decision is poorly executed, and the script thinks it's way smarter than it is, which is something I... That's true. That's, that's I probably identify true. really strong with that. Because, again, it it will do occasionally smart things, and then it'll just 
make sure everyone understood. And, mm-hmm. and it, once you've dumbed it down, right, is it really smart anymore? Um, think the script thing is way smarter than it is, but I still think I enjoyed it. I might see it again because I enjoy the most movies the first time. <laughs> there you go. And that's how uh, those movies are pretty good. Uh, again, I'm not seeing Promising Young Woman, but this person says, might, go cra- might do some crazy and watch Saltburn, directed by Emerald Fennel, creator of Promising Young Woman. My least favorite, most disgustingly insincere, surface-level, addicted-to-Twitter-owns, cop-trusting, completely backwards, violently liberal movie of the decade. <laughs> so, that's some strong strong words for Promising Young Woman. A lot of once there. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't even want to watch uh, it anymore. The worst part about Saltburn and, to some degree, Promising Young Woman is that neither are bad enough or good enough to warrant the amount of discourse surrounding the films. Oh, no, that's pretty see, based. I like that one. That's probably the best one so far. Oh, besides the centrist one. This person says, Saltburn is among the most drastically, sorry, dramatically inept movies I've ever seen. Every single narrative decision is wrong. Kind of miraculous, which I don't think I'm... Yeah, I think I think people are, I mean, shocker, the internet uses hyperbole too much. <laughs> exactly. Again, like that, like I said, it's probably not the worst movie ever or the best movie ever. It's probably just a movie that comes out. This is one I really liked. Saltburn is the movie of the year for people who don't like movies. Now there's something there. I think. I think they cooked with that one. Now that they were in the kitchen for a bit. The thing about this movie is that I think it's going to appeal to a certain demographic for a couple reasons. Okay, reason number one: cast. All right, you've got Jacob Elordi, and if there's one thing I've gleaned off this Twitter, my Twitter delving about Saltburn, there's a an inordinate amount of teenage girls who just want Jacob. Want to see this movie because they think Jacob Elordi is attractive. I've seen far too again. Not to like like I said earlier, I don't want to like yuck anyone's yum. Be like, oh, you can't make jokes um, when people are like, haha, I get it. I would go crazy too because he's so hot. Ha, I would probably go crazy and murder him too because sometimes you just do that when they're hot. Am I right? Ha ha. Sometimes you meet a cute boy and you go crazy or whatever. But like, I did see a lot of those. Okay. Yeah. Nothing whatever. against them, but I'm just pointing out the sheer number that we've seen. Sheer, sheer number. <laughs> sheer numbers wise. I saw it like a. I wouldn't normally mention this if I hadn't seen it like several times. Just like repeatedly saw people saying, like, oh, I'm going to go see. Saltburn, this is the first movie I'm going to see by myself. That to me, distinct, either one, either any, this applies either way. Either way, I win. Ooh. It's either someone who just doesn't watch movies very much at all, which again would be year of the <laughs> movie of the year for people who don't like movies, yeah. or someone very young who just got a car. Right. Because I just can't fathom how that could be. Because I see movies all the time by myself. I mean, maybe that's just us because we do this and we see We have movies. to see movies by ourselves. Right. We're in top, like, what, 1%? movie goers we've been really hammering it recently. so we're not a fair judge but i saw this movie in a completely empty theater besides me really i was at, it was it was and it wasn't like i oh i saw it at like 2 p.m it was like 7 p.m it's like on a on like mine definitely lots of people on like black friday including a number of teenage girls <laughs> for jacob Ballory, of course who rolled in a good 45 minutes after showtime that's all right listen um i even 45 know. minutes they missed most they missed almost all the trailers <laughs> I've completely derailed myself. Number two. Also, but lots of people, yes, lots of, tons of people were like, oh, this is the first movie I'm going to see by myself, which is an experience I got out of the way when I was about 16 years old. I just can't fathom. So again, either you're young or whatever. So I think the loser. other thing is, it has that kind of appeal as like, this is like an edgy kind of thing. Like, it does very much have that air of something you would see as a teenager if you, as if one you, of your first forays into like, this is a real, this is a real movie. That it aren't is Marvel a, movies. It is a real movie, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. And it is that, okay? Mm-hmm. For all its flaws, it's got a, you know, it's got a little bit of juice to it, right? It's got, it's got a. I can see how as a teenager, I would see this movie and be like, whoa, whoa, right? I'm four, I mean, I'm 16. This is very this deep. This is super deep. It'd be like when I saw F- Fight Club for the first time, right? 
don't know. I could very much see how this could be you and many other a teenage men. girls fight club, right? Don't you think? I know, 100%. It's got that, it's got it, that je ne sais quoi to it. It's got, that, mm. it's got that, how do you say? Oh, absolutely. How do you say je ne sais quoi? So I can totally see how this would tick all the boxes for a certain demographic who would then go online and be very passionate about talking about it, okay? And I don't want to, like, hate on anyone for that because, again, I mean, we're here doing this, so it's like, whatever. But I just think that- Glass houses and our stones and all that. I think that could be contributing, right, to the discourse. Is this certain uh, demographic? Yeah. Coming on here and being like, this is amazing. This is crazy. Can you even believe it? I've never seen anything this crazy. Anyone who's over the age of 18 and has, I don't know, been away from home for more than a weekend it's like no man you can this is just how this is this is all right it's a movie watch cannibal yeah, holocaust it's trying, really too, <laughs> it's trying too hard i see this and not that we're fucking you know wise old men or anything but i watch this movie and i'm like it's trying too hard at times i get it oh wow oh again it's so crazy whoa, whoa. he slurped up the fucking bath water and Holy shit. Can you believe he ate her out while she was on her period? Yeah, I guess I can. What do you mean? Yeah, I know people who've done that. Whoa. <laughs> holy <laughs> shit. Oh, he gave him a hand job in the bed. Can you even believe that? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I can believe it. You know? I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we've all been there, all right? Sometimes you wake up and your brother's friend, your, your cousin's friend is giving you a hand job in your bed. I mean, it just happens sometimes. <laughs> These things happen. So I can totally see how there's so many takes of people vehemently defending it and being very passionate, and that's you know, and that's why I have to deal with seeing saltburn fan cams on the TL. Okay? I mean, it's like that viral tweet. Any day that I can wake up and see a 16-year-old's opinion on the internet should be a crime. Exactly. And that's really what this movie is. And I think that's also contributing to the whole, this is the best movie I've ever seen narrative, and the this is the craziest movie I've ever seen narrative, because it's... Maybe young people where that may be objectively true. Also, okay, so this is another one I want to touch on. Yeah. Uh, I love how people say, think Saltburn is a gay indie f- movie like Call Me By Your Name. So that seems to be, <laughs> that's another like large component. There's a, there's a big contingent of these people on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So there seems to be a lot of people who were going into it with the belief that it was going to be that, right? Yeah. A nice gay love story between uh, Poor Boy and Rich Boy and Jacob Elordi and... They all both like a peach or something. They were like... Yeah, sure, exactly. Or fuck a watermelon. Chick fil A is a very like tall that. man. And they were gonna and they're gonna kiss and be happy at the end or something. And it seems like there's people who, even after having seen it, still are would like it to be that and are kind of trying to Del- they're delusional. A little bit, yeah. Forcing it to be that to an extent. Um and it's also called brought up the whole uh what do you call it? The 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 queer baiting allegations. Oh, it's hard to beat those. I think it's pretty easy to beat those. Oh. You um suppose me what's her name? Sarah Z. Don't say Z. She's Canadian. That's what she says. Yeah, okay, but we can say correctly. You're right, Jack. God I, bless I'm her. Sorry. I like her videos. No, I, I, I like her. It's she, not her fault she says Z wrong. It's, it's just the way she was raised. <laughs> and you know, some people can't be raised right. You can't help everyone. Um, but this is something I think I've even... Did I bring it up recently? On the show? Yeah, queer baiting. I might have done. I don't know. I'm Anyways, sure we've done it at some point. We've got um, a lot of episodes. She's a, she gets into it pretty, pretty thoroughly. Uh, and basically, like... It's it's a term that is definitely overused at this point mm-hmm. and kind of lost all. It's lost any meaning it may have ever had if it had, had any to, any begin. to begin with. And I think that definitely applies to this too. You can't be like, well, they weren't gay and happy in this movie, and I think that's insulting or whatever. Like, no, like yes, I understand. Again, especially if you're that same kind of person I'm describing, right? Like a young, if you're like a teenager and you're wanting to see yourself represented in media, I can understand that impulse for sure. 
But you also, I mean, that doesn't mean like this movie has done anything wrong mm-hmm. by not depicting a gay love story. Gay love story, exactly. Not every movie has to do that. Yeah. And I don't think this movie really <laughs> ever marketed itself as doing so. I think that's something that a lot of people have probably. One person said it and everyone went, ah, it's good enough for me. Put onto it. Yeah. Well, that's, oh, another thing that contributes to my whole, I think there's, I saw a million people being like, hey, does anyone have a link for Saltburn? Is there a link? Can I get the link? Like, just wanted to, like, pirate it. Like, some shitty, like, tons of people been talking about watching, like, shitty fan cams of Saltburn. And I'm like, what? what is going on? Again, this is a completely different, like, section of the internet. Subsection of the internet that I normally do not see discussing the movies that we talk about. No. Yeah, never been a big pirating movies guy. Mostly it just seems too much work. Uh, that's, that's where, that's where I fall, honestly. I kind of agree. It's that whole, like, Zoomers are actually technically illiterate. We don't know how to work computers anymore, right? Yeah. You got millennials up here being like, I don't know how to do 50 million torrents. And then Zoomer, we just don't know how it works. We're like, well, we have phones with apps. How do I do it? Is there an app? <laughs> is there an app? Can I, is there a pirating app? Is, where's the pirate app? I go on, and I go on the app store, I search pirate, and it doesn't, I don't get what free I Free movies? So, I know. Free movies now, please? I do one, two, three movies, and then it says, there's a virus. And I called the number, and then my credit card got hacked? I don't, what's happened? Uh, Saltburn is the nothing movie. Fennel genuinely has nothing to say. Nothing at all. It's not even a middle class evil movie, as many claim. It's ridiculous. Like, girl, what is this movie about? Now, not, now this person's not totally wrong. I, yeah. That's what I mean. It's what like, again. Why, why do we do this? It's not why, about. Why'd you do any of this? It's just like, what if a guy was crazy? What if he was just so crazy? <laughs> what if he, was so, he killed everyone in a room and he took all their money and he had, and he, had, and he drank his cum? It's like, <laughs> it's yeah, like, I guess like, what, yeah, if, what if, man? What if I'm. <laughs> yeah, man, what if? <laughs> right? I mean, you know what I mean? Oh, I. You agree, right? No, I agree. Oh, that's going to be the title, though. <laughs> what if a guy was just crazy? <laughs> like. It's really feel like when you when it's all said and done, it's like again when you're I sitting there in your cum tub and you go, now what do we even? <laughs> what do? was this trying to tell me? Oh, a crazy guy he stole these people's lives. Look at he's got all their rocks. Yeah, <laughs> cool, man. Doesn't he just? <laughs> he danced naked through his through his house. That's kind of fun, I guess. You know, murder on the dance floor. I, I get it. You know, yeah. Oh, look, it's, pop it's, is something. Look at it's a reverse of the shot when. Felix showed him around. Look at oh, Felix shows him around the house, and now it's his house, and he's dancing naked through it, didn't he? And he dances in reverse order through all the rooms. He got their ass, <laughs> but why? And now I get to see. But why? But is why? this a fear of yours, Emerald Funnel? Do you think someone's going to steal you off your? The writer of the Variety article is going to go to your house and steal <laughs> your fortune. <sighs> got anything else to say about Saltburn? Um, I don't know. This guy's like. So this is where I was saying where. Um, so this brings it. That's the thing. You still think she merely made a bad movie, a thing lots of people do all the time. Far rarer is the sign of a gemstone fortune making a movie about how the middle class is full of conniving little freaks, <laughs> jealous of the pasho sets wealth and status. Which again, I do think it's it, there's something to that. That's not what this movie's about. It's about nothing. Still a thing that happens in the movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I, it's I, I don't. You can't really separate the two. Yeah. And so this guy says, "This is a." insane absolutely awful read of saltburn is this really what people who see the movie who don't like the movie are seeing because that conniving little freak is the movie's delicious pervert avenging hero and the movie loves him dearly good grief what does that mean i didn't i don't much care for i get what he's trying to say is that like he's he's still the protagonist of the movie and the movie does still treat him as such Mm -hmm. and again that's true that is true to an extent but i think i think going so far as to say he's an avenging hero is crazy. What is what is he avenging? 
What, why, why does the movie the whole point loves him dearly? He, like, has, he has nothing to avenge. That's the whole point is that he has like a, a regular family that he could always live with that was like nice to him. He's not like getting back at the world. He just is greedy. Yeah, he's just a psycho. Like, and I don't know, even compared to something like, like, um, we saw Killers of the Flower Moon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we talked about this a lot of time, but like, what's his name is the protagonist of that, but he's I the hero. certainly wouldn't say he's a hero. Yeah, the protagonist doesn't mean hero. It just means the guy you're following. The guy who's like, yeah, who's, whose goal is the centerpiece of and the yes, plot. And yes, when you present anyone as the protagonist, there is naturally going to be this effect of like, we want him to win. You're, yes, that's almost always going to happen. But I still, I don't think that means that this movie's treating him as yeah. an avenging hero. That just seems like way too strong of you're, there's, there, you're, terms there, there's for too what. Mu- they're adding things that aren't there. For all the, all the stuff he gets up to? Yeah. I don't think so. Um, yeah. so, um, and then again, this Saltburn is a fun movie, and everyone who didn't like it is a joyless loser. Whatever. Yeah, that's nothing. I get nothing out of that. Um, I thought Saltburn was pulpy fun, but its stands can't stop things like haters just want to see Emerald fail. God forbid her films be thematically incoherent, <laughs> <laughs> which is very amusing to me. Which is kind of agree with. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's weird how many people are. are Going at it through this, like, oh, it's just pop, pulpy fun angle. I don't know. To me, this is never a movie I would describe as pulpy. I get what they mean is that it's because it is kind of ridiculous and goofy. At t- yeah. yeah, it's absurd. It veers into that, but I would say it's so it's so unintentional. I don't think this movie's trying to be that, but I could be wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Something like a goofy sci-fi movie, which is very aware of what it is. I don't know if that's this, but I could be wrong. Um, yeah. So okay, this kind of this I, I got like I'll do like two more. Right? All right, two more. Um, this person says, I'll probably stream Saltburn, but I've just seen someone say that it's fine and normal that all the poor characters are unlikable because Emerald Fennel said it's a vampire story about ambition. Just out here like, yeah, the premise of the movie is that Scousers are evil. <laughs> I don't know what Scouser is, but yeah. I feel like I get the gist. I, I can, from context clues, I can think it's probably not who Emerald Feller. So again, that's, and that's kind of how I feel for sure. Is that like, you can't be like, no, it's about ambition and, you know, vampires wanting to steal and then just be like, well, in this case, the vampires happen to be people, ambitious poor people who want to steal from the rich people. That's what they're stealing. And but there's no, there's no meaning behind that. Yeah, don't worry about it. Don't think about it. Right? Like that's just not. Come on. If you wanted to tell a story about ambition, you could have done that in a million ways that didn't involve like the evil poor guys murdering and stealing from the rich people. Yeah. This uh, was one thing that irked me about Saltburn. It says the trope where the rich popular kids outcast the poor kid. And call him a creepy freak just because he's poor, and they turn out to be right, <laughs> <laughs> right? Which again, as, yeah. as interesting as it is to have him like, be oh, right, look it, the rich guy was nice the whole time. Yeah, the inverse of that is that the poor kid was a crazy, <laughs> crazy lunatic murderer who the whole time wanted money and nothing. They else. were right. Who they were right. Like <laughs> who's who's less than human, maybe? <laughs> right. Who's who's a subhuman like monster who feeds on others? Yeah, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this will be the last one. Um, Initial saltburn thoughts. Emerald Fennel, you adolescent filmmaker, you. The kind of sophomore slump blunder that's destined to be studied and lauded by teens as a gateway to serious films. Like a John Green book that gets gross with it to say it has an edge. Oh, good old John Green books. We've had, we've had our fair share. And my fair share, I mean, I just read Paper Towns when I was like 13. Oh, did you know? I did. That's all right. You know. I've never read Paper Towns. I've seen Paper Towns, the film. I'll tell you. Yeah. What's his name? Hey, you've got... He's Ernie Jackson. Is he in that? I think, I think I, so. I saw right? the. Isn't I, he? I saw that film as well. Isn't he? I think. I think Cara Delevingne's in it as girl, or is she? Who's in Looking for Alaska, Jack? I don't know. Should we watch that? No. <laughs> That's a Hulu show, I believe. It's a show. Yeah, 
I think so. I, I think so. I didn't write Paper Towns. I totally forgot I watched this. <laughs> uh, oh, it, I'm sorry. It's not. It's Nate Wolf, who's not Percy Jackson. I see. See, I suspected as much. I think, you know what I believe we've done, Jack? We're conflating Paper Towns with perks of being a wallflower. We are. Another film I didn't see. <laughs> or, or a book I Is Cara Delevingne in it, though? You're right. Bravo. By Jove, you've, got it. you've done it. So, um, yeah. All in all, what did I give it? My phone's just died. What did you give it? Did we both Weren't you charging it? Yeah, we did. We gave well, that's why. It was, it was near death. That's why it needed to be charged. Uh, let's see here. We gave, we gave Napoleon and Sulpern the same score. Which was? Uh, Napoleon 4, Sulpern 3.5. Good. good. I think that's unfair. Again, it's technically very good, which makes me wish it was... If it if the plot was more coherent and it didn't have all these flaws we've pointed out, I think it could be really good. Um, I think I think they maybe should have gone harder in this plan. That's something I didn't bring up earlier. Mm-hmm. But I think, like... If his plan was even more far-reaching, like he set up, because he's like, there's a part where he's like getting a tutor with Alfie. I'm like, well, I feel like that's why didn't why isn't there a scene where like he set that up through like hacking or something? Like, if but he, then doesn't I, that to me gets, it just gets more and more ridiculous, right? I don't know. I, I guess I thought I'm like, well, he's already done. He's already done so much. Like it's it's he's so in so far in. Like why stop? You know what I think is was it ridiculous? What is the during the montage, they felt the need to have the shot of like where it shows his computer while he's in the cafe trying to, and he's just typing nothing. <laughs> Did we need that? Like that's, he, he could have just looking goofy. at, he could be looking at like nothing. He could just be looking at like a ad or something. He could be like reading something. Again, that's why I mean, like that to me was obvious when it first happens. Like this wasn't a coincidence. Yeah. Do you need to be like, look at he wasn't even writing anything? <laughs> <laughs> what was he even writing? I don't even know what he was doing at Oxford. <laughs> right. Right, well, was he a poetry major or something? Like I that? don't fucking know. They don't, don't uh, But I'll say this: if it wasn't, I think I think two big things. If it didn't look as good as it did, if if, if technically it wasn't as excellent, and if Rosamund Pike wasn't as funny and good, I'll I agree. Both. I mean, if she she would have been good regardless because I think she's a good actor. But obviously, I think what they gave her to work with is very interesting. Because there was poems where I, that I think that really was genuinely the stuff I liked the most. Mm-hmm. Those are the moments where I'm like, do I, do I really like this movie? And then the rest of it would keep happening and be like, no. But then no, Rosemary Pike would come back and be like, oh, I'm back. Oh, when I was, when I was modeling in Greece. Uh, there was some of it. It was horrible. <laughs> Her friend died and she's like, yeah, she'll do anything for attention. <laughs> that was very funny. Like, uh, she's very quite, funny. She's quite boring. She was very funny. Or then, yeah, yeah. But, so if you take those two things out of it, I would be even less charitable than I'm being now. Yeah. But again, because of those, I, I, I listen, three and a half, very, very respectable score. Yeah. Listen, they should be. The thing was, is like I was, I gave it a three because because of, of the the flaws, and then I saw, I was like, well, I don't, I think it's is it, it has to be a better movie than like the Marvels and Blue Beetle. So I was like, oh, man, I can't give it that a three because I feel pretty good about most of my scorings most of the time. You know? I think I'm, I'm not about to restructure the whole thing, you know. So I'm sometimes like, I think about just doing a. Sometimes I look and I go, I go, do I like this? And I go, I still like this. Yeah, but. I, the, I've I've never done that more than like a half point in either direction. Yeah, I've never been like this is actually a one because I'd be like, well, then what was it? I'd, then I'd have to rewatch the movie. But like, did I even like this movie? Mm-hmm. But yeah, so overall, yeah, interesting. Yeah, like I said, I would get, well, what we said up top, I would I would say it's worth watching, but it's certainly not the best movie of the year. And I don't know, some people like it's gonna sweep the Oscars. Sweep the Oscars? What the fuck? God, I hope not. I don't think it'll. T- I don't think it'll sniff it. In the year with Kills of the Flower Moon, not with Barbenheimer and, and Killers. Killers, there's no chance. And Dumb Money? Are you kidding me? Paul Dano's taking that Best Oscar spot. Come on, baby. 
Dude, what if Paul Dano got best actor? Paul Dano, like, Can- notoriously robbed at this point, I think. Yeah. So many other roles that are, like, way better than the one he did. Same with Barry Kogan, for that matter. Barry Kogan won for this dog shit. <laughs> no, again, it's fine. And he's good in it and all, but God. Don't don't give it to him for this. It'd be like the only thing worse than that is if Barry Cogan got it for being f- fifth Joker. Oh God, fifth grossest Joker. What if I made the Joker the grossest fucker ever? Oh. Cool. He had to be up last year, right, for uh, Banshees? Oh, was he? I can't remember. Probably was up for it. I would think so. Anyway, we're gonna have a run about there. There's one thing he can do. It's be a weird little guy. I mean, there's a couple of Hollywood. Most of Hollywood is like, what if he had a weird little guy do stuff? Nicholas uh, Nick, what's his face? Holt. Hold that, like that tweet says. There used to, used to be a time we was just make, making him be a weird little guy in like makeup. In Fury Road too, he was in Fury Road. He was a weird little guy in that. The weirdest little guy, I would argue. In a lot of ways, yeah. In a very real sense. Uh, anyway, we'll wrap, wrap it up for real mm-hmm. right about now. Um, as the episode ends, I wanted to say this: is that Brandon Sanderson had uh, Dragon Steel, his convention or Dragon Con, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Dragon Steel. Dragon Steel, and he announced the date for next year, of December third and fourth of twenty twenty four. I'm saying right now we're gonna be there. We're gonna go to it. I'm, I'm manifesting it. I'm gonna we get, We're gonna go to you. No, no, we're not gonna like go there as like participants. We're going to be brought there. <laughs> all right, all right. This will either it should either be like a great feat or it'll age horribly, and I'll cut it out of the episode later. Good. Um, but yeah, I'm putting it forth. We're gonna we're not gonna pay for it. We're gonna get we're gonna get so big we're gonna get shipped there. We're gonna be like Daniel Green. We're gonna be in his circle. It had to be the one too, because this is that's the one where he's dropping Stormlight Five at. The, you know, oh yeah, be there. Imagine I, the funny thing about that to me is like, does that not devolve into everyone just going back to their hotel room and reading? <laughs> Those nerds, hundred percent. Well, that's the thing, right? The exact kind of because you'd be like, well, they want to be there to enjoy it, but it's it would have to be a very it would have to be a difficult choice if nothing else for the most people, right? I mean, if no. I was there, I'd be like, well, I've paid to come here to the convention, but I'm also like, I'm here to, at this convention because I love the books and. The well, new one. I have it. Am the, I, am the I most, to not read it? The most important one yet has come out. Am I to not read it? Also, is it like um like opening night of The Force Awakens? Like, if I don't go read this now, then some nerd's going to walk by me later and be like, Dalinar, actually, he re- he revived honor and... <laughs> Dalinar married... Married the Stormfather, you mentioned. <laughs> fuck. Fuck. And then... then <laughs> fuck, I know. No. Damn it. Skeleton and Syl make love. <laughs> and then she dies. <laughs> No! <laughs> Damn it! They redo the old pack, but only Kaladin goes to Hell Planet. Shit! Fuck! And Rock, Rock becomes a spren. <laughs> no! God! No! Fuck! Damn you! You maniac! You blow it up! You're just waiting in line to get a fucking plushie or something, and <laughs> someone's like. <laughs> no! Oh, damn it! No! <laughs> so I don't know. That seems weird to me. I don't know how that works. With with the one he released this year, I would say is is. Listen, I like the Skyward books a lot, but I would say it's got to be among his least popular. They're no series. Stormlight. They're not sniffing the Stormlight. Couldn't even. I don't know. see how you can put out a Stormlight book at during your convention and not have it be the. Th- I don't know. I don't know how it works. I think is yeah. it in the evening? Is it no? It says it's like I, mean, I think it's midnight after the convention ends. Isn't that for wide release? Oh man, they get it earlier there. If you're there, you get it. That's the whole thing. I can't remember. Yeah, he, he, he spoke about it. <laughs> I. I took a running off track, but we'll be there, fellas. We'll get we'll get in with Brando, uh, God willing. Anyway, thanks so much for uh, listening. As always, you can find us on social media uh, at, on Twitter at Architect Jazz, Architect J A Z, on Gmail at Architect Jazz at Gmail dot com, and on Instagram at the Architect Podcast. 
Uh, our logo was done by a friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can find him at inkocean.jpg on Instagram. Our intro was done by Joey B. Music. Uh, you can find him on Instagram as well at Joey B. Music. Uh, and then he has various links to his Spotify and SoundCloud accounts. And as always, he wrote it. We produced it. We built all the sets. Second night the people, Zach. Good night. Good night. Godspeed.